talk Monopoly. Guys like the Mafia. Yeah. I tell you what, you give me 10%. <laughs> you won't have any trouble with anybody. I wonder if he could have read the four chapters in the 41 minutes that he spent talking about everything but the actual Bible. I, I want to hear more about Monopoly. Yeah, he had to talk about Monopoly. What's the, I mean, what's the point? I don't get it. This is like, do a whole bunch of stuff and then you'll be happy? I'm not happy listening to this man, let alone trying to do all the stuff he's saying we should right. be doing. This is not about money! I, I don't want to do this anymore. No, I don't either. <laughs> Hi everybody, welcome to Hit, Hit the, the bar. bar. I'm Steve Kozar. Paulette Kozar. We've got Kiko and Ginger. <laughs> How you doing, Kiko? Yeah, he's, uh, he's already relaxed. Yeah, and she's not too happy with him right now. Well, the bed is usually the right size for two of them, but but he's 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 sprawling. He's sprawling. <laughs> you're a sprawler. You're you're a sprawler. He reminds us of a llama. He's got this long he's neck and this slinky body. I think he's boneless. Yeah. So uh, welcome to Hit the Bar. We're going to do a sermon review, and it's going to be. He is not going to be good. I mean, which one really has been good? This is this is so bad, that I'm struggling with words to really bring the, it up the levels of badness you know in every possible way but um before i get into that i wanted to mention uh some of you maybe watch our youtube channel and you watch it a lot and that's great i'm really really glad i just want to remind you that i have this website with really a lot of articles that i've worked on for years and i just put up a new thing that i've been working on for a while it's called the cluster bomb of bad ideas exploding inside the church and it's uh a, a reworking of an article that I think has been really helpful for people that I made about five or six or seven years ago called Diffusing Demonic Dirty Bombs. Always used something about bombs in there. Um, and, and this is the, the idea that, you know, everybody says we're a Bible-believing church. And yet when you kind of dig beneath that phrase, you see that they actually believe a bunch of things that aren't actually in the Bible at all. And those or it's things, in the Bible, but they take it and twist it. And yeah. it doesn't mean it what they say it means. So, like, as an example, number one, you're just being negative and critical. Don't you have anything good to say? I can't believe you're criticizing some popular pastor or ministry. At least they're trying to help. At least they're doing something. Why can't you be more positive? I only listen to positive Christians, not haters. That's kind of a whole bundle of Cluster. ideas. Yeah, they're kind of the same. And so I respond to that, and I have Bible verses and kind of use some just kind of simple reasoning to help people understand that what you've got to do as a Christian is think about, is this teaching true or not? Just because mm -hmm. the pastor is on a stage and he's got a big church and he sounds authoritative doesn't mean he actually is authoritative. Mm -hmm. So that's an article that I, I actually did that before we ever made videos together, and I think it'll be helpful for a lot of you. And that's how he got started. He had all this in him, and I said, why don't you just write? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I said, you're good at writing. He goes, I don't know. Where do I do that? I said, I think it's called a blog or something. Wait, the video hasn't started oh. yet. Now it's starting. Okay. Like it matters, you know. I know. I got a 256 gigabyte memory card. Well, there you go. So this will be about four or five hours. We have snacks today, but they are not crunchy. Nope. And they are not unhealthy. Right. And best and of all, our dogs like them as well. That's true. Yeah. They, um, they've, had, they've had some uh, diarrhea issues lately. So Yesterday and today, and so they've been on medication from the doctor again. I don't know. They got into something. I'm, we're thinking that it's spring, you know, and the dogs like to dig and they get like into stuff. This, yeah. And we have deer and rabbits and we lots do. of animals that poop in our yard. Okay, so I, I want to give you... <laughs> you um, didn't need to know that. 
The reason I'm picking this sermon is because I'm a glutton for punishment, number one. And you get to suffer with us. That's the whole point of these videos. And you really want to see how far I'll go along. Uh, I mean, so, so hit the bar means we hit the space bar. And if you uh, check the description of this video you're watching now, you'll see that I placed the original video there. Because we're going to interrupt it over and over. And we're right. going to talk. We're going to interrupt each other. We're kind of obnoxious. Yeah. That's, that's our shtick. Actually, that's the way we are in real life. <laughs> yeah. But seriously. And you've, we've welcomed you in our home. Yeah. And we're going we're gonna to do some serious thinking and we're right. going to look at the Bible seriously, but we will have some fun along the way. Yeah, we will. Because you yeah. have to have fun. Well, you don't have to, but if we you, need to, we need to. Otherwise, I don't want to do this. No, nope, me neither. And I think it helps for other people, too. We've heard yeah. that comment over and over again. You know, we're learning stuff, but we're also having some fun. Right. And we're trying to do a balance there. I know some people think we should never be funny. And that's why I say, hey, there are lots of other YouTube channels. Super serious. See ya. There you go. <laughs> But this is serious, but it's also yeah, funny. Yeah. You know, and on top of that, I want to give a shout out to all of our campuses all over the world. Hey, we're going to be talking about some mega church superstars who are having an influence in various campuses all over the world, but they don't have as many campuses as we do. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my ongoing jokes, in case you haven't ongoing. figured it out. Um, we don't actually have campuses. We just do this silly little show in our basement and people like it and it's been And they growing. call themselves a campus. So if yeah. you're watching from your home, you are a campus. Wherever you are. <laughs> you are a campus. You're a campus. And the the effect of um, megachurch pastors is bad for the people that they're supposed to be pastoring, obviously. Right. But this is going to illustrate really clearly that when they get big and, and popular and effective in growing their megachurch, they spawn imitators. And so this guy is the pastor. It almost sounds like some kind of science fiction movie. Yeah. You've been violated, girly man. You should The Spawn. Was yeah. it that? I think there was one. <laughs> this summer, evil has a new enemy. Probably was. <laughs> the Spawn. So. Spawn. Scott and Cindy Thomas are the founding and lead pastors of Free Life Chapel. So um, he's he's basically imitating almost everything of David Hughes, who's got the church that we've done a couple of other shows on. And this guy has a church in Lakeland, Florida, but no no association with that Lakeland right. revival from a long time ago. It and, seems like these people really scurry in Florida, <laughs> in Texas. They have cockroaches down there. <laughs> in Arizona. It's the warm weather. No, not Arizona. Uh, I'm thinking of Alabama. Some other of the other... So let's insult more people in our audience. Go ahead, No, honey. I love those states. I just wish <laughs> the scurrying was we gotta We got to get well, to the infestation. Scurrying means they're actually hiding under the under the porch or something. <laughs> you know, they're trying to get away. These people are growing and expanding. That's right. So there's a... So what you call Put that? it in the comments what you the think opposite. the right word is. There are a lot of mega churches, and I think they do like the South for whatever reason. I don't know, but... Um, they can go to the beach on the weekends. So this guy's weekends. church... Because they have to work on weekends. He had David Hughes as a guest pastor. Mm. And I just want you to hear... i got to turn the volume up. Uh, I want you to hear how he introduces David Hughes. I have a man that's going to be speaking here, a pastor, that's going to be speaking here today for us. As you know, Whiteness. we don't open this platform up to just anybody. No, no. The platform matters. We only have 52 of these opportunities a year to wow. come together. Every yeah. single one of them are of high, the highest importance. Mm. And so those that we bring to this platform, we want to know that they've got something to say that they've heard from God and they're going to deliver some hope and life yes. and joy and strength and direction to us. This man, I have the absolute utmost confidence 
and I flew in last night. I flew the red eye from uh, Phoenix, Arizona last night wow. and uh, got here and, and I got back because I wanted to be in church today because I want to be under this man's preaching. Pastor David Hughes is the lead pastor at uh, Church by the Glades uh, in Coral Springs and absolutely the church there is, it is a standard setting ministry oh, yeah. oh, that yeah. churches across the nation look to. She's, I will tell you without <laughs> any hesitation, the most creative yeah. church in the nation Here, that I've ever wood. seen. And, but I want you to understand, not creative to be Oh, not creative to sexy, be creative to reach people with the hope and the love and the life of Jesus. It, so this is the whole. So then, why didn't Jesus do it that way? Well, remember we did that sermon review with the, um, the giant I heart. Because ain't nobody sleeping right now at Church by the Glade. <laughs> all right, let's get to it. Because <laughs> all the other churches, people sleep, but not here. Because we're doing stunts. We got lights and screens on, and music, and we're gonna drive a car across stage. You're not sleeping here, like all the losers out there. It's kind of worked out. Why do we do secular songs? Why is it we have these things? To draw a crowd. Movies, TV. To draw a crowd. Social media. Why? Why? Why is a good question. Bait and switch. I have like 27 reasons why. Bait and switch, bait and switch. Bait. But I don't, where's that in the Bible? Where are you in the Bible? Where are you in the Bible? Never. I heart. Uh, <laughs> what was it? This is the name of the video. I couldn't remember. What? Just he's, he's, he's doing this, oh. and she's over here dying of heat. But give me this a, is give not me a show. Care, this is not a show about dogs. I know. Um, there you go. So the, the, the deal is you got to do stuff to attract people to church, and you've got to use all sorts of uh, gimmicks, and you've got to kind of use the, what they always say is that... <laughs> Doesn't like being distracted. Jesus used a lot of popular cultural references, and, and that's... How he got the crowd to listen to him. That's right. And um, <clears throat> I'm going to put a link to that other video. <laughs> My mom will testify this is true. If you're watching on TV right now and you're squeamish, turn away. And I would do this. Because uh, we did a, a full, really long video, and you could see how David Hughes was mishandling the Word of God every single time, over and over again. We just kept stopping it yeah. and looking up the, <laughs> ver looking up the verse. <laughs> that scared Sorry. Me. <laughs> and seeing that every time he used the Bible, he was using it in a way that was deliberately incorrect. So now we're going to go to this guy's own video and I actually did something that I wish I would have done a long time ago. Sometimes you see me over here turning the knob up and down. By the way, we have a stereo so that this is a second generation. The video is on a screen. 
and the audio is coming through speakers, through our microphones, because we don't want to have to get copyright mm -hmm. in, uh, infringement claims, even though we're not infringing on copyright. Every, every time you do a, even if you're just doing it for the purpose of making fun of somebody, it's within the fair use laws to be able to take somebody else's material and reuse it as you add your own thoughts to it, even if you're being just mean, which, you know, somebody might accuse us of, I guess. But really, it, it it's it's trying to use this for teaching purposes. Okay. Okay. So let's move on down the road here. Let's ease, let's on, ease down. on down the road. <laughs> How are you doing, guys? Did you ever see The Wiz? No. Ta da! <laughs> Woo! Come on, Dorothy! Come on! I just saw I, it. I think nobody actually has watched that movie. Remember <laughs> that was such down, a big deal? Ease on down the road. Yep. Come on, then. Ease on down. That was when Diana Ross and Michael Jackson That's right. were in a movie together. Barry Gordy, Gordy or Gordon? Gordy, the phone founder of Motown, the founder of Motown. I almost said he wanted to get in the movie business so bad that he said, let's do a new version yeah. of Okay, the Wizard whatever. Of Oz. That's not what this is about tonight. It's just us going on another bunny trail. Welcome to the show. <laughs> so this sermon is thankfully only about 40 minutes long. Oh, so I compressed the signal so it's more even. When he gets quiet and it's hard to hear, I don't have to turn it up. And when he gets too loud. So he won't be reaching over anymore. Hopefully. Adjusting the knobs. Hey there. Welcome Except to Free right Life there. Chapel. Yeah. Where we help you discover and live the free life in Christ. My name is David, and we're so excited you tuned in today. Be sure to drop a comment below or visit us on our webpage at freelifechapel.org. But for right now, stay tuned for an amazing message. It's about to blow you away. So the... Um, the people that volunteer here are really indoctrinated into how do you deal with uh, the haters? Because we would be considered haters. Anybody who's critical of their church and the teachings is considered a hater. And you go, you just, they just brush it off. And I feel sorry for these people. When I see this young man, yeah, I know, I do too. obviously very sincere. I, right. I'm sure he thinks, you know, this is a great thing that God is doing. And behind the scenes, it's a ton of marketing. It's a ton of manipulation, a ton of psychology. And what you're going to see in this is that he's going to really mishandle the Word of God. Okay. And he's going to say things that what just happened? don't even make sense. It's, it's, it's going dark and it's going to come back up oh, again. Oh, okay. Whoa! Oh, how many know we love our money? Seven of you. Okay. Thank I hate this sermon already. That's how long it took. Yeah, he's been hating it right Thank along. you for the seven that are honest. By the way, we watched the whole thing. No, we did. But it was a month ago. Uh, and we're going to have our, our um, pastor in residence. residence. Yeah, scholar would yeah. be better. We're going to call him and ask about the passage in Malachi. So we got to keep going here. Just about it today. We're going to lean into it. We're going to have a great time. Lean we're, into we're it. We're finishing up a series called <laughs> You Got Game. You got game. That's right. Finishing up this series. We started week one with Connect Four. We talked about the four things that you've got to connect in life if you're going to win. Your purpose, pers uh, presence of God, the power of God, and the pursuit of God. Then then week two, we got into... That's in the Bible. The Jenga. <laughs> Jenga. Jenga. The power and the importance of having a true foundation to yeah. build on. That it doesn't get rocked. You can stand on it. You can build on it. And then last week... Um, he could even say, you know, there's it's like a puzzle. And you got to fit the puzzle with God's what gonna God's going to tell you. You can take anything and turn it into an illustration yeah, to can. say anything. We pretty much have seen it all. Yes. Well, not really. I'm sure there are more. We'll see. Put it in the comments. What else can we see? What other kind of illustrations? 
uh, Pastor Scott Williams in the house on play off operation and, and the way he talks is just like david hughes i'm telling you it's so bad it's like when you listen to todd white you're listening to dan moeller yeah they just completely <laughs> in the house you. yeah he, all his little phrases in the house on proximity and keeping yourself in the right proximity to <sighs> things so you can get your hands on access what god has for your life today we're going to talk monopoly we're the Monopoly players. Any, any Monopoly players, lovers? I used to like Monopoly, but now wow, I hate it. Wow, y'all are into it. Okay, I'm loving that. It was intro. The game was intro in night. I don't think we have enough cucumbers to last through this. Um, just in case you didn't know, the historic Christian church revolves around the, the reading and the preaching of the Word of God. We have only one Word of God. We have one holy book. That's this. And <laughs> In case anybody was wondering. The idea that a church service would, would start with a description of Monopoly, that they have pictures of Monopoly, and they've got fake and Monopoly games. money all over the floor. And he's going to now exegete the game Monopoly. Exegete means just to take the meaning and make it clear for everybody, to pull the meaning out. So he's exegeting Monopoly, but he's not going to exegete the Word of God. And he hasn't. Maybe they prayed before they started this, or maybe, maybe he read scripture before they started this. We don't know. Yeah, they just start with this in yeah, their, in their videos. It was not that It's an old game, y'all. During the height of the Depression, and the game hit because people get got their mind off of what they were losing and get back to, yeah, I can win some riches somewhere, somehow, build a hotel, right? All that good stuff. In this 65-year history, uh, twenty there's been 20 million copies, uh, 20 million copies sold worldwide in, this, in a 65-year span. Hey, these are good stats. <laughs> That's for the stat! <laughs> uh, used everywhere. In fact, 80 countries, 26 languages. Wow. Uh, this wow. this wow. game wow. has gone around the world. Kind of crazy. In fact, yeah. so iconic. So iconic. So amazing. In 1978, Neiman Marcus, uh, the wow. clothing store, they made a, a, Needless a board game out of chocolate and Ooh. sold that thing for $600. Imagine that right there. Um, kind of crazy, but that's how it, that's how it rolls. rolls. I don't know what your favorite part, little, little pieces to play Monopoly with if you're the symbol or if you're the little dog on the i just i just feel my intelligence just being removed from me in every moment sucked, that i listen to life it's sucked just, out just, of you just now just, yeah draining yeah i'm being drained of everything that makes me a, a, a person a human being <laughs> and i'm being turned into a god-fearing man i'm being turned into a a um Puddle of mush. Uh, 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 Puddle a mush. mentally deficient kindergartner. There, that, oh, yeah. That's sad. Count of three. Shout out your favorite piece. One, no, two, three. No, no, no. Mine too. Mine too. Exactly. Don't act like but you're juvenile. But it takes dice to play the game. You got to roll the dice to play the game. Yeah. Right? So that's kind right, of that. y'all. Whoa. Whoa. The whole whole thing runs. Yo. Monopoly. What does monopoly Tout mean? Runs. If we're going to get official with Tout it, rolls. It's the exclusive possession or control of the supply of or trade in a commodity or service. Thank I, God he said that. Yes, I told you he's going to exit oh, monopoly. In other words, I all right. own it all, and anybody who. By the way, he did more research on Monopoly than he did on the Bible passage that he's going to massacre. That's something. Who wants some of this has to come to me. There's no competition. There's no option out there. I hold it all. That means I get to charge whatever price I want to charge. That's how we roll. That's <laughs> illegal in the United States, by the way, just Two for times. what it's worth. But in the game of Monopoly, whoever has the most money in the end wins. Whoever has the most wins. Mm. Kind of sounds like our culture today, doesn't it? Yeah. Whoever has the most wins. That's why we buy stuff we can't afford to try to prove that we're something that we're not. Ooh, wow. I, I, let me just back up. I shouldn't have gone there. It's, let me just say, let me just say, it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous 
to get caught in life chasing money. Let's just think about that for a moment. Let's look at his life and his family's life, and let's look at oh, all of David Hughes and all of the wonderful. He doesn't have the condominium on the golf, and he's on that's on the beach, and that's where he have, does his prayer. They don't have to disclose their income, right? But you're also thinking about the other David. Oh, crank. Yeah, with the that same guy. The guy with the crinkles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my pants preach. My pants preach. Come on, somebody, this screaming right now. How? How? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, same thing. They're, they're dripping of money, and they don't have to cl- claim it. But Well, no, they have to claim it to the IRS, but right. they don't have to make it public to their congregation. And if you go to a church where the pastor doesn't tell you how much money he's being paid, you need to find another church. I mean, that, right there, that says everything. Uh, it... Uh, who doesn't have to tell the IRS, though, how much they make, though? Isn't that a um, 501c3? No, no. 501c3 is just a category of a, of a charity. Yeah. A church is a different category. And a 990 is the form that charities have to fill out. And, uh-huh. and those are the forms that I use because they're publicly available. That's what I was wondering. So ministries that aren't churches, yeah. they're considered a charity, mm-hmm. a five, uh, 501c3, yep. usually. And mm-hmm. they are encouraged to fill out a Form 990 every other year. And if they don't, the IRS gets suspicious. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they can get away with it. Sometimes they don't. But in general, any charity, whether it's Christian or whatever, should be uh, posting and making available a Form 990, which discloses how much money they brought in and where the money was spent. And sometimes you find out that some of these leaders of so-called charities are actually getting incredibly rich. Like Bethel. And paying their family members. Like yeah. Bethel. Yeah. yeah. Like Chuck Pierce at Glory of Zion. Hundreds of thousands of dollars Well, he's getting $1.3 million. He's one of the worst. And everybody, okay. on, everybody on staff is part of his family or is uh, like uh, in-laws and stuff. Okay. So these guys, because they're just a church, they don't yeah. have to report any of that. So we don't know how much they're making. But it does make you very suspicious when they talk about tithing in the way that they talk mm-hmm. about it. Oh, it's so very dangerous. In fact, it's not even God's way. It's not God's plan for your life. In fact, let me just kind of flip the script and show you what actually is. Success is a byproduct in flip life, the switch. not the goal. Let's flip the switch. Okay, so he's telling you that God's plan is different than the world's plan. That, you know, the world wants you to think about making lots of money and being successful. But God's plan is that you will get success as a byproduct of following God. You want to rewind that again? I was distracted. Sorry. He's already contradicting himself. Yeah. Whoever has the most wins. Kind of sounds like our culture today, doesn't it? Whoever has the most wins. That's why we buy stuff we can't afford to try to prove that we're something that we're not. I, I, let me just back up. I shouldn't have gone there. It's, let me just say, He's me just say, it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous to get caught in life chasing money. Absolutely true. Right. But he's going to actually use this entire sermon explaining how you can use God to chase money. Because that's what God's promise is. Right. Go on. Oh, it's so very dangerous. In fact, it's not even God's way. Mm -hmm. It's not God's plan for your life. In fact, let me just kind of flip the script and show you what actually is. Success is a byproduct in life, not the goal. Mm. So for him, success equates money. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what he just said right now. That is a byproduct, not Mm -hmm. the goal. So then he's... Equating success with, with being financially... Wealthy. Well off. 
however you define that. Success is not the focus. Success should come because you are focused. Wow. And we need to understand what God's uh, God's plan got. He either made that up and wrote it down and memorized it, or he got it from somebody else. Oh, yeah. God's thought is behind it. In fact, I just want to, we'll just take you there. Today, I want to talk to you about God's game plan for a blessed life. Okay. It's very interesting. Whether people are serving Christ or not, I don't know anybody who doesn't want a blessed life. So now he's using the term blessed life in a way that everyone can agree to because he hasn't defined blessed. So it's true. Everybody wants a blessed life. But what does that mean? Mm-hmm. He's not going to. He's not going to make that clear. So if you're against whatever he's saying, you're therefore against a blessed life. Which, you know, nobody's against a blessed life. But again, if you don't define it. You can have a blessed life because of all the trials and tribulations you've gone through. And God has now brought you closer to himself. Closer than if you, you never went through it. Yep. That's a blessed life. Yep. And you, you know that when you are dead, you're going to be in heaven. That's a more that's, blessed life. That's the that's ultimate the, blessed life. That's the reassurance. The assurance of salvation. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's the, the biggest blessing of all, right. and he's not going to point that out. Be okay if God bless you, yes. your home, yeah, your money, <laughs> your health. But it's not your about kids. that. Some of y'all are going to raise your hand for nothing. You're just kind of looking at me like, I'll take your blessing in mind. That's how we'll roll here. Three. The focus is not <laughs> success. The focus is doing things money. God's way. Joshua <laughs> chapter one. Oh. Verses 7 through 8. Joshua chapter 1. I'll let you look it up. I didn't. I Joshua didn't, chapter 1, verses 7 here, and 8. Let him talk and I'll get it. Okay, Joshua. Joshua let him talk, him. you said? Yeah. 7. Joshua, Judges, where am I? I'm in Malachi right now. Ezekiel, Daniel, Isaiah, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Joshua. What is it? Check out what the word says. 1. Be seven strong and very courageous. Oh. Yes. Be careful I to. This now. My servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to it from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Notice this. Obey my word. Obey my law. Obey my commands. And then prosperity, success will follow. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. You can pursue success and be completely out of order. We have way too many examples of that today. Mm. That people have the resources, but they have no peace. They have the resources, but their relationships are falling apart. They have the resources, but they have no joy. And so we, we, the, the goal is to have a fulfilled, successful life already on the inside and let prosperity come after you later on. Ble My oh. mind is numb. <laughs> I'm just staring at him, and it's just like... It's numb. And he's he, he takes no breaks. He's, he, yeah. You can tell he's got to keep bam, going. Bam, 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 bam. And you're like, wait, and uh huh? this is a man who doesn't trust his audience to think for themselves, and he's afraid that they're constantly on the verge of losing their attention because their attention span is so short. So that he's got to keep going. He's got to keep throwing <laughs> stuff in there. Right. But the thing in Joshua, it's all law. Um, this idea that... You know, the Bible is the place where you figure out exactly how to do certain things so that God will do certain things. It's a it's a magic lamp, and you got to right. rub the lamp the right way, and God's going to be the genie who gives you whatever you want. That's how he used Joshua. I'm just going to keep going, because otherwise it'll... Blessing, blessing, according to this passage, blessing. is guaranteed, guaranteed with obedience. I want you to listen to me today. This Okay, so all you got to do is obey God, and you'll be blessed. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? 
uh, perfect obedience, uh, 50% obedience, 99% obedience. And how do you know you're doing it right? How do you know? How do you um, deal with the fact that none of us actually are 100% obedient? Right. So this verse is really hard to apply if you actually are, you know, kind of realistic about the actual life you're living. Mm -hmm. The fact that you're not completely obedient to God. It's the reality of life, period. But this is a great way to manipulate people into just believing whatever you're saying because mm -hmm. it, it sounds like he's teaching you how you can basically win a spiritual lottery. Right. A fear, uh, it's actually a financial and spiritual lottery. This is not going to be a, a, a long offering. This hmm. is not even about money today. That's, that's the dumbest thing in <laughs> the, the entire sermon. the biggest lie. Yeah. I mean, he can, he, he, he's so delusional, he believes what he's saying. Either that or, and I've seen this with false teachers, they will say the thing that they know is not true. By everything else that they're doing, it's it's obvious that this one thing can't be true, but they say it anyway. Because it's just like, hey, you know, as long as I'm going down this road, I'm just going to just plow right through. I'm not even going to pretend. So when he's saying this, I don't know how he could do that. How any, you know, normal human being who's supposed to be, you know, actually teaching something to people would say this is not about money mm -hmm. when it's 40 minutes mostly about money. I'm not talking to you about money. I want you to settle this in your head. You'll understand what I'm saying. We talk here at Free Life Chapel uh, about a lot of things related to living the Christ life. We talk about our time, how to use our time, uh, how to apply our time. Do you have to go outside? She has not pooped all day. <laughs> Except the TMI. Morning. Well, I mean, you can cut this out. I can cut this out. Because she's kind of, when she does this, she has you to go You know what? Out. Go take her out. I will. And I'll, I'll keep it going. Because otherwise, I don't want, I don't want to... This is real life, man. Come on, Gingy. <laughs> wow. This is authentic. Call, on, her, call her again. Come on, Gingy. Come on. She's got too many obstacles. Come on, Gingy. Oh, now, now. Kiko's going to come. Kiko's got to come, yeah. Oh, there she is. So it's just us, folks. Time. We're not to apply our time. Our, our talents. How to use those things God wired you with to serve others and to bless the king and his kingdom. That's really important. So time, talent. But we also have this third thing called treasure. And, and making sure that our treasure is also in alignment with God's word and being utilized with the focus of him is critically important to our walk with him. And so that's what I want us to lean into today because God hmm. is after your money. I want you to hear this. I'm not talking about money today. Listen to me. But God is after your money because your money reveals your heart. Wow. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does. If I open up your Amazon account right now and I, or your PayPal account and I looked at every place that, you're, that you had, uh, Amazon, 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 Amazon. What about Publix? All down there, right? Publix, 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 Publix. Too. Okay, just checking. Chick-fil-A, 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 Chick-fil-A. You know, I've, I've heard pastors use this point over and over again, you know, that your money reveals your heart. And there's some truth to that. You know, if you're um, kind of idolatrous of something, it'll show that you keep buying certain things because that's your idol. But what about all the people going to Publix, in case you don't know it's a grocery store, because they're buying food? Does that reveal something shameful about your heart, that you're buying groceries so you can eat? A lot of people don't have much extra money. And so what you see in their bank account is just stuff they have to buy to do what they have to do to just survive. But he's kind of making it sound like whatever you're spending money on is automatically a sign of where your heart is at. I don't think it's a real strong point. I could tell, I could tell where your heart is real quickly by looking at where you invest your money. 
Money is a revealer of your heart. Money is a revealer of my heart. You know what? False teaching is a revealer of your heart. And so wherever your money is, it reveals the focusing, whatever gets the attention of your heart. That's why the Bible says in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. God is after your money because it's a picture and a revealer of your heart. Okay, what does that mean, God is after your money? Specifically, what does that mean? Words mean something. God is after your money. He's going to also say that God doesn't need your money. So why does he say God is after your money? I, I honestly don't know. I think it's just a catchphrase that he's using because it sounds good, but I don't know what it actually means. In other words, God's after your heart. Could oh, oh, he just explained it. <laughs> So God's not after your money. He's after your heart. Why didn't he just say that? Okay. Careless, he doesn't need your money. Okay. He owns it all already. He, he's, he's got it like that. Yes, he does. But he does want your heart. And did, that's an option is that we how have he to rolls? choose to give him. I, I, I need help from like a, I don't know, got a 14-year-old, oh. 15-year-old in the house. I need, I need, uh, and, and, uh, like. This illustration is incredible. Like, seriously, I, I, need, I need just one person. Yeah, come on, come on. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Oh, I so kind. Thank I, I, I have three different. Thank you all very much. I appreciate. I've, I've only got room for one, so thank you. So sorry. Introduce yourself to everybody. I'm JJ. This is JJ. Hey JJ, you attend the blend every Wednesday night, don't you? Yes, sir. All right, very good. JJ, who's who's the best pastor in the world? <laughs> I love you. I wouldn't do that to you. She, she's, she, she's got to say, Pastor Caleb, I know, but kind of stay there. Yeah, yeah. This is such an unbelievable waste of sermon time. JJ, come over here a little bit closer. Come over here. You see $100 bills all over the floor, right? Would you like a $100 bill from off the floor? Or would you like a $20 bill out of my pocket. Which one would you prefer? You want the what? The $20 bill. You want the twenty? Wait, 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 wait. A hundred is a whole lot more than 20. But the hundred is fake. But <laughs> she gave me a straight street look. The hundred is fake. She, she, went, she went right there at me. So they're both made of paper. They both look, they're both green. They go, both have pictures of dead presidents on them. But you still decide that you want, you want this one instead of this one. All right. There you go. You can okay. have, you're, you're welcome. Thank you for your help. That's all I needed. Now, wait, 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 wait. Now, who's the best pastor? Pastor Scott. Uh, I got to buy my compliments, y'all. You see how it rolls? <laughs> Number four? No. I think that's five. Darn it. See how it rolls. I think it's I think it's four five. When Paula comes back, we'll ask her. It's all good. Watch this. Watch this. Okay. Both are printed on paper. Both have a number written on them. Both are considered money. Both bring success, but just in different worlds. Wow. This money makes you successful in a game called Monopoly. The other money makes you successful to where you can actually go out and pay for a living. You see, here's the deal. The money in Monopoly is, 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 it gets its value mm -hmm. because those sitting around the table have agreed that this is how much that is worth. No, it's a game. It's just a game. 
They didn't decide anything. They're playing a game. Everybody knows that. So when someone lands on Park Place with your hotel, they got to pay you some of those 100s. But you can't leave that board and take some of those 100s and go to Wawa and buy your gas. They will lock you up today. Do you understand? Like it is, you can't, you can't, don't try to pull that mess. No, it takes real money. So let me tell you, in the long and short of life, this, uh-huh. do you want to be caught playing a game for your success or do you want to be actually producing some success? Yeah, I remember this now. This point is so hard for me to understand. How does this actually work? And especially as a Christian sermon, how does this have any bearing on what he's going to say in the future of this video? But also in in general, what is he normally when you take an illustration uh, like the monopoly money versus real money? You're you're going to say the monopoly money represents this and the real money represents that. But he said it, it represents two worlds. One is where you really have uh, a real money and real success. And the other one is where you don't have real success. But it's not real success. It's a game. So I don't I don't get the point. You know what? I'm going to back this up. I got time. Some of those 100s and go to Wawa and buy your gas. They will lock you up today. Do you understand? Like it is... You- I have not heard of that gas station in Wawa. I guess that's in Florida. I've been in the South, but not in Florida for a long time. You can't, you can't, don't try to pull that mess. Yeah. No, it takes real yeah. money. So let me tell you, okay. in the long and short of life, yeah. this, do you want to be caught playing a game for your success or do you want to be actually producing some success? Do you want to be called playing a game for your success? Okay, so what he's going to say is he's, he's going to give you the secret to actually have real success. You're not playing a game. You're going to really have success for sure with the plan that he's giving. Okay, I get it. I get it better now because he's actually reinforcing what I thought. And it's actually worse than I thought. He's reinforcing the idea that with God, you will you will get success big time. And you're not playing a game, man. You're using real money. And if you don't have God, it's like you're using monopoly money for your success. And that doesn't produce real success. I don't know if he's ever heard of uh, Bill Gates or uh, many of the other wealthiest people in the world, many of whom are not Christians, and they got to be super successful because they like being successful. They like money. They like having power over others. This is not a good human trait in most cases, (laughs) but he's telling people that God wants you to be just like those people. You see, we have to make sure that the focus of our life is in building something that's going to outlast a game. It's going to outlast a moment, and it's going to last for both time and eternity. And that's ex- but but that's not true. Having worldly success, worldly money, doesn't last for all of eternity. We don't bring anything with us when we go to heaven, you know, material-wise. So that that's actually a really bad point. Now, if you said you made money and then you could turn around and use that for ministry that would lead to more people becoming saved, mm, yeah, that would that would be a point. But he's not making that point. He's saying that if you become a Christian and do things God's way, you're going to take that success with you for all of eternity, when that's just not true. We're not going to take anything with us, just our souls. Exactly what God's Word does. It doesn't leave us stuck because what is it that makes the, the money valuable? It's based on the authority of the one who gave the money credibility. Around, I can't believe he's still trying to milk something out of this horrible illustration. The monopoly table, four people gathering decide that's what that money's worth will agree to it. But off that table, no one cares for that. But with the $20 bill that I just gave away, 
JJ, with the $20 bill that I just gave away, an authority higher than four guys sitting around a monopoly table decided that. It was a national government that decided this is what it's worth and you can spend that around the world. You see, it's a different, it's a different authority that gave value to that. Therefore, you can do more with it and it outlasts anything around a game table. A uh, little side note, we actually have fiat currency in America, as far as anyone can tell. The gold in Fort Knox has not been audited for decades. So the authority to have the value in money actually comes from a supply of actual value, usually gold. And uh, we haven't had the gold standard. Um, I think it was in the Nixon administration when they stopped auditing Fort Knox. Just a little side note. So money, the value of money in in the way historically money has been valued doesn't come from a government just kind of saying, hey, that's valuable, but it's kind of true in America, which is really scary. Don't get caught playing games when you should be pursuing a destiny and a life that God has set up for you. Okay, so that whole passage right there was a, um, that was a um, astounding inability to have a coherent thought and it was a complete inability to use an illustration to make a coherent thought that's a biblical idea. I, the way he's just just confusing categories here, this is incredible. That's what I'm trying to tell you today. And they're clapping. There's two systems of money. There's the culture and there's Christ's kingdom. And we've got to decide that which one... Shouldn't there be a Bible verse that says there's a Christ's kingdom version of money? I don't know of any such verse one we're going to be leaning into because it's possible because culture in the, if, if we get distracted by culture we've seen where culture produces wealthy failures we've seen culture produce empty prosperity that people have it all but can't enjoy it years and years i know some really wealthy people and they do enjoy their wealth i don't know that many but I mean, it's also true that, yeah, you don't have ultimate satisfaction through money. Everybody knows that. Even non-Christians know that to a large extent. It's not, you know, a uniquely Christian teaching, but whatever. Years ago, we had the chance to sit down and talk with Deion Sanders uh, it, when, when he was in the height of everything going on. And he was coming Name out dropping. giving his life to Christ. And he said, you know what's crazy? Is he said, I had snake skin. He said, I had 700 pair of, 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 of exotic skin shoes and I wasn't going anywhere in life. He said, I had a $20,000 bed and I couldn't sleep at night. He said, I had anything I wanted and my life was at a dead end. It was a train wreck okay. until I met Jesus. You see, he had everything culturally, socially that the world would want. And it still left him empty because he's playing off of a culture instead of in Christ's kingdom. The kingdom produces something completely different. God says, I, I want you to enjoy life, but I want you to enjoy it by doing it my way. Grow your career. Do your 401k. Get your Airbnb rental business going. <laughs> he uses the Airbnb rental business thing. A couple of times. I, I'm not sure. He must know somebody who's doing that, or maybe he's doing that. So are you confused by this? Because I think you should be. I mean, there is this general idea that following godly principles, being honest, being fair, you know, paying people a good wage, treating people with kindness and, uh, you know, not being selfish. Everybody knows that that is a good way to live. And it will make you in general, it will make you more successful in general. It's also true that if you're really greedy and selfish, you can misuse everything to get more and more for yourself. And there are tons of people like that. So um, he's kind of 
driving home this point in, in multiple ways that being a Christian is the way to be assured of prosperity in a way that you can actually enjoy the prosperity, that you'll have all the things and you'll enjoy those things. Again, I would like to see what Bible verses guarantee that you're going to have all the things and enjoy all of those things. We don't see that, especially in the lives of Jesus or the apostles who wrote the New Testament. Do all that stuff, build that, run that, build the business, all that. But, but all other ways to this successful life are just games. You do it my way and the success will chase you. This is God's word. No, it's not God's word. You're, you're misappropriating that one passage, which was specifically for the Old Testament people, the Israelites, in the book of Joshua, and none of these people are being completely obedient anyway. So those promises, even if they, you know, if you said that passage actually is still uh, universal, universally applicable to everybody, do you actually think that you, Scott, and all the people in your audience are, <laughs> are completely obedient? So this is so bad. Here's what I want you to know. Your money matters to God. Yeah, you said that already. Your money matters to God. Because it reveals Again, your heart. You, I'm not talking about money today. I think that's the third time he said something that... Everyone by now should be either saying, yeah, I agree with him, or why does he keep repeating something that's obviously not true? He's repeating something that's obviously not true because the more he says it, the more it doesn't seem possible that he could be saying something that's not true. Why would he keep repeating something that's not true? I don't know, but he's doing it. How's it going? Good. They had to um, finish their dinner, too, because their medicine was in there. So uh -huh. They haven't been eating for the past couple days. So Me and Pastor Scott have been having a great time. Oh, I bet. Hey, can you do something with the bed there? Oh, yeah. Come on, Kiko. Come on. Come on. Kiko. Come well, on, keep honey. it going. Look at what the Bible says in Malachi 3. Here we go. Malachi 3. Check this out. Check this out. By the way, we did his mentor, his role model, David Hughes, just totally destroying this passage, the one with the cornflakes. Oh, that was like our second one That's we did, he, or third one. He made the joke about Malachi. Yeah. Here. You remember, you read all the red words. One, two, three. Now return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of Heaven's of armies. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You're under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven and pour out for, uh, heaven for you. I will pour it out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. He's using the New Tr Living Translation, which I've used too. I was curious to see if there's anything. I think I have the Enet, the New American Standard Bible. Oh, good. I got the ESV. <clears throat> I'll read mine. Did he start at uh, verse 8? <clears throat> 7. Just go to um, uh, the one where try it put me to the test. I think that's the last one. No, that's... Uh, that's the end of what he was saying. Yeah, no, it's not that far. Uh, pour it out I, until there is no more... Well, man, rob God, yet you are robbing me. But you will say, how have we robbed you in your tithes and contributions? You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. 
bring the full tithe into the storehouse, verse 10, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. So this was literally about the the Levite priests, Mm -hmm. and they were supposed to bring a tenth of their um, grain. It's it's not money. This, this and weren't they a, supposed to feed like the widows and take care of? Well, this money that was brought to the yeah. temple was primarily to to actually give the food that the the uh, priests, the, the Levite priests, priests. Okay. would eat. So it just so happened that we made this video, and almost exactly on the same day, our friends over at the Australian version of Hit the Bar made this video. This is Steve Forkin talking about Malachi. Really good stuff. Malachi is writing to the priesthood in Jerusalem, not to all the local Levites, chiding them about what they are doing with the tithe of the tithe. So it is important that there is a total disconnect here between a New Testament pastor chiding a normal church member about tithing that we're nowhere told in the New Testament to obey because it is a part of the civil governance of the Old Testament Um, mosaic um, society, if you like. Secondly, the very text that they use, this particular Malachi chapter 3 verse 10, is not written to the everyday normal member of the Israel society. It was actually written to a specific set of priests, and it was not even the local Levite. It was the priests who are in Jerusalem. So if anything, this is a warning of attitude towards a pastor but notice that's not what he does he uses he totally twists the scripture as from the start but even if he was to apply it the only one that it should be applied to is himself Uh, let me let him get through this your crops will be abundant for i will guard them from insects and disease your grapes will not fall from the vine before they're ripe says the lord of heaven's armies then all nations will call you blessed for your land will be such a delight says the lord of heaven's armies it's a powerful passage and usually we just hear malachi 310 but i wanted you to hear the full the context leading into it so he's universally applying this passage to all christians and it's really funny. Remember I said he did more research on... Um, yeah, Monopoly than Monopoly. he did on Scripture that he was going to be using. This is the um, the kind of general purpose, <clears throat> middle of the road, you know, uh, evangelical, the, the NIV, Zondervan Study Bible. Mm-hmm. Not a bad study Bible. I have a whole bunch of study Bibles. People always say, what's the best one? Um, they're all a little bit different. and And none of them are, you know conclusive but test me this is really tiny little type here the prophet's challenge does not contradict the prohibition against testing god in deuteronomy 6 16 it offers the priests and the people an opportunity to prove yahweh's covenant faithfulness by personal experience through obedience to god's commands the passage is not a formula for achieving personal wealth as some claim claim Although it is possible to give freely and attain more wealth as a general principle, not a, not a promise. It's not like a prescription. Yeah. If I do this, then this has to happen. Context indicates Malachi has the blessings of the Mosaic Covenant in mind. See Deuteronomy 28.12. These blessings are national or corporate in character rather than individually centered. They are primarily agricultural benefits but are not without moral and spiritual counterparts. 
the prophet recognized that turning to God in repentance and reasserting fidelity in covenant relationship with him must begin somewhere. In this case, the practical act of obedience to the Mosaic laws regulating tithes. The point of the quote-unquote testing is to probe the willingness of the community to respond to God in faith and obedience, not to manipulate God's blessings through the giving of tithes. The theme of God's testing and providing runs through the Bible, giving rise to names for God like the Lord will provide. Um, so that's just one perspective on it. Let's call Daryl. Okay. He uh, he watched this whole thing. We were going to do this a month ago. Yeah. And then actually, I was sick for about five weeks or so, and finally this week, 100% better. I mean, you know, it's like, if it's not the dogs, it's us. You didn't claim your healing. Didn't claim my healing. Okay, well, we're done. So if you haven't seen before, Daryl is our friend who lives uh, just across South. the border mm-hmm. in Illinois. And we're working on a, a – actually, he's really the one working on it primarily. We're going to do a series of how to correctly interpret the Bible. And i got to get him here so we can do That'd it together. That would be great. And I can hang phone. out with his wife, Marge. Yeah. She's great. But Daryl has a great story. We did an interview both on this channel, and then we did the second part of that interview on our other channel, the Wartburg Castle, which I, I, I kind of forget to mention. But um, that's the channel where we talk more specifically about Lutheran stuff. It's really, uh, we're starting to get more content there between me and Dan Long and his brother Steve. Okay, so put him on speakerphone. He, he knows. He knows we're calling. I said I'd call him around 7, and that was 20 minutes ago. Oh, boy. Hello. Hey, Daryl, it's Steve. We got you on camera. or. Hi. Hi, Daryl. It's Paulette, too. Hi, Paulette. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm be- I'm good. Thanks. I just remembered. Yeah, I got to remember. How I, my arm gets tired holding the phone up to the microphone. I don't have a place for it. <laughs> you have that holder. You know. Oh, they hear Daryl. kind of a holder, I guess. Yeah, I should have thought of that. I do have a holder, you know, for one. They're, they're bark- the dogs are barking because I think they hear a voice. Yeah, in they it. hear yours. They don't know where you're coming from. He goes a little confused. <laughs> Doesn't, he am, just I, am I frightening to dogs? I don't know. Maybe so. <laughs> I didn't think so. But Everything's frightening I, to Kiko. I don't have a dog. I haven't had a dog since I was a boy at home on the farm. So, so you don't know how to talk to him then? No, I guess not. Uh-huh. Well, my daughter had a dog until he got too old and they had to put him to sleep years ago. Aww. Yeah, no, he's Kiko is four years old. So when Pebbles okay. died last November, we <clears throat> adopted him through a rescue in december and now he's been in obedience class for the past couple of weeks we're making a little bit of progress making a little bit of progress and then i i we bring him home and then we teach lucy who's gonna be ginger oh my goodness isn't that terrible now i'm calling her lucy because she looks so much like her yeah um she's learning everything that kiko is supposed to be learning but he's been real stubborn but she's Uh, like all about it she's like give me some more food Uh, what she's sitting now she sits and she does this touch thing, the which will thing help about, us eventually. Yeah, the dog training <laughs> thing is all about give him, give, give him treats. If you give him rewards, you can get him to do all sorts of stuff. And he's still yeah. not decided yet. Actually, he's doing a little bit better. Yeah. Okay, They're so... more obedient than most children. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> so, the, so the guy just got to the passage in Malachi, and he read the whole thing, and he said, hey, I read the whole passage. In not context, because I didn't just want right, to take right, it out. Yeah. And well, I watched this so long ago, actually, after you <laughs> notified me that you were doing this tonight, I actually went back and listened to it again. So. Oh, you oh, are. Oh, boy. You are glad for fun. in my mind. Yeah, good. I'm glad. You know, here's what I thought of. I, years ago, I don't remember whose house it was. But I was in some, some other Christian's house for something, and they had this poster 
And on this poster was a drawing, you know, of a Mexican bandito. Yeah, uh, that's a bandit. And he had the uh -huh. big sombrero, and he had the, you know, the belts of bullets across his chest, and there was a big pistol pointed out, and underneath was the caption, Give! <laughs> Give! <laughs> so... <laughs> That's what the tithe is, right? So yeah. in the Old Testament, the tithe was a tax. Yeah. And it, it, it wasn't voluntary. I mean, obviously, you know, he's reading from Leviticus, he's reading from Malachi. And the tithe was not voluntary, I mean, because God tells them that they're robbing him and so on. So, and, and the other thing about the tithe in the Old Testament was it was mostly crops. Right. So if we were to obey that, we, we would have to grow our own crops and bring those, I don't know where. <laughs> I mean, there's no Levites and priests in the temple to bring them to anymore, so I'm not sure what we would do. And why, why would they do that, Daryl? <clears throat> well, the Levites, uh, if you remember back in when the land was divided up, the Levites didn't get any. Huh. So uh, the priests and Levites... Uh, were serving in in the temple, uh, taking care of it, and, and some of them were priests. So in order for them to live, the uh, the rest of the Israelites had to bring uh, bring the food for them to, to live. And it was very practical. This, this wasn't yes. symbolic so, of anything. See, it was, nobody teaches right, this. It, so this it, is it why was, it's really it, important to hear the story of what what does the, all of this really mean? What, what did it mean back yes. then? Mm-hmm. That's right. And the other thing, you know, if you, um, and, and this fellow and other people do it too, people who teach tithing, they, they say basically the same kinds of things. If tithing is tied to God's blessing, and if not tithing handcuffs God, as he says, mm -hmm. then it seems to me that in the New Testament, if it's a requirement for us as well, if it's that significant, and if, if it does and withholds those things seems like all over the new testament we should have commands about tithing at least one command about tithing. there's not a single one right right and you know the only thing that people appeal to in the life of christ is when he excoriates the pharisees and he tells them that they tithe mint dill and cumin and so on but they neglect the weightier portions of the law and he says well you ought to have done uh, the one without neglecting the others but you got to realize that the Pharisees and everybody at that time in Judaism is still living under the Old Covenant. Jesus hasn't died yet. He hasn't risen. The gospel hasn't gone out, as it will later. Uh, so they're still living under the Old Covenant. And uh, so, you know, th that's not a New Covenant principle yet. Um, and he's not commanding his disciples to tithe. He's just telling the Pharisees, okay, you know, you're obeying, you're obeying, you know, Moses and the traditions, so that's fine, but you should have done these other things. So, um, you know, that's the only thing in the New Testament that they can appeal to at all for tithing is just that. There isn't, you that know, I know of any, anything else at all you know in what the New Testament. I think of, um, like in our generation, that's what I was trained as a child growing up. You tithe your mm -hmm. 10% and God will bless you. I mean, right. that was, and I did not go to a word of faith church growing up, but that was so ingrained. It's like, that's what, that's exact, you know, that, 
that's what scripture says and that's what we have to believe. And so I think a lot of people, even many of our listeners have probably been raised that way. And to, to question, you know, tithing, um, is radical. I mean, we're not saying you don't tithe, but what we are saying is that this verse here is not talking about, um, give your 10% so that God can bless you for us. It's not a prescription. It's actually a description of what was going on back then because of what you were saying, the reason. That's right. And my understanding is, and I'm not an expert on Old Testament legal codes by any means, but my understanding is that there was not just the 10% tithe, but there were other uh, required um, commitments that the Israelites had to make as far as giving things. Um, so so it wasn't just the 10%. There was more than that. I know Chris Roseborough has done some fantastic um, right. YouTube videos on this subject. He's, he's uh, analyzed uh, Robert Morris, who's going around the country. Robert Morris, he's, Robert Morris is the, um, he's like the the guy who shows up to every megachurch. I don't know. That's right. I don't know how they coax him. I don't know how much money he gets. Yeah, he was, uh, I thought sometime last year, Willow Creek had him oh, wow. speak on his giving thing, the blessed life thing. So yeah, he's he's been all, and, and uh, Chris Roseboro analyzes his teaching and tells how, how it really doesn't reflect what the New Covenant uh, is all about there there are a couple things in there that he he kind of misrepresented one was when he said that um, tithing is an ordinance and so it's ordinary well yeah if you look those up in the dictionary they come from two different roots ordinance is a command and ordinary comes from a different etymology so they have nothing to do with each other and well but other, he did a good he did a good job though of describing monopoly he did, yes. <laughs> he exegeted the game of Monopoly really well. He did. <laughs> and the other thing he said, 10 represents com- represents testing. Well, it doesn't. It represents completeness. Huh. Like we have 10 toes, 10 fingers. Yeah. 10 is the complete law. 10 plagues, the complete list of plagues. If anything represents testing, it's 40. I don't remember if we talked about so, this, but, you know, um, this guy, uh, Tom, I already forgot his last name. No, not what Tom. is it? I wrote it down this here. This gentleman? Yeah. Scott, Scott Thomas. Scott, Scott Thomas. Thomas. That's where I'm getting yeah, the Tom part. His name. He's, a, he's a disciple. Um, uh, his mentor is David Hughes, the guy in oh, really? Church okay. by the Glades. Yeah. So where his, is his church located? He, this one's in Lakeland. He's in Lakeland, Florida. Oh, he is. Okay. Yeah, we were trying to figure out what's going on in Florida that all these guys go down there. and. Yeah, that's weird. But uh, the the um, I just lost my train of thought. How was that connected to David Hughes? Uh, David, David Hughes is in Kansas or Missouri or someplace. No, no, right? that's David Crank. <laughs> oh, David Crank, that's right. David Hughes is in Florida, that's he, right. He's the one at Church Glades. by the Glades. And he did that's right, the, that's right. He's, he's down in Florida. David Crank is in uh, St. Louis. Missouri Louis, or Kansas it, yep. or something. St. Louis, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway. I get the two Davids mixed up. I know. They're all, they're all the same. I guess kind, they're kind of similar. Very similar. You know, uh, one of the things that's occurred to me, and I don't know if anybody's ever mentioned this, that I have heard of, but if you if you look at Acts five, which is a story of Ananias and Sapphira, okay, and just before that, you know, it tells about how some of the people, the apostles, and that were that that had means were selling property 
and bringing the proceeds to the apostles, you know, for, for um, you know, probably distribution to the poor and supporting their needs as they preached uh, the gospel and so on. And then it talks about this couple named Ananias and Sapphira. So uh, they had some means, apparently, so they conspired together. They wanted to look good, uh, but they wanted to keep part of this uh, sale for themselves. So they sold a piece of property, and they pretended that they were giving all of it to the apostles, but they kept part of it back. So that was the lie. So uh, they came to Peter. Peter called him in, uh, called Ananias in. And it's interesting what he says here. Uh, Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? And this is the interesting part. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? Have you not lied? Uh, have you not lied just to human beings, but to God? So it's interesting that Peter there would have had every opportunity to talk to Ananias about tithing. Yes. But all he said was, well, look, you sold this land. It, it, it belonged to you before you sold it. After you sold it, the money belonged to you. It was at your disposal. Uh, you could have basically implied you could have given any of it you wanted or all of it or nothing. Uh, but instead, you wanted to look good. Huh. So you you gave part of it and kept part of it back and wanted us to think that you gave all of it so you'd look as good as the rest of them who did the same thing. So, so it's interesting here that uh, – he doesn't say that the land belonged to God or that the money belonged to God. He said, basically, when you had the land, it was yours. And uh, when you sold the land, uh, the proceeds were at your disposal. So it's it's interesting that he, he didn't mention anything about right. tithing, but just said, well, it was your land, it was your money. So uh, and you, you lied because you, you wanted to. Yeah, look and you you could have done what you wanted with yeah, it. Yeah, so. that's interesting. I never and I never understood yeah. why. <clears throat> Peter actually broke it down that way. Yeah. I, I did, yeah. It didn't make sense to I mean, it's like... I, and I, then I you've probably... You may have already talked about 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. I don't know if you already no. have. I don't no, know. go for it. But 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 is really about the only... Um, yes. The only extended discussion of, of giving that there is in the New Testament. And the backstory is that Paul is wanting to make peace between the Gentile uh, Christians, the converts to Christ, in the Greek territories where he's going, the Gentiles, and the Jewish Christians in uh, Jerusalem, Judea. And apparently the Jewish Christians, uh, being outcasts from their uh, synagogues and so on, are poor. And so he wants to collect this collection from the Gentiles, where he's ministering, and take it back to Jerusalem and give it to the Jews uh, who are poor back there to show the Jewish Christians that uh, the Gentiles are one with them and there shouldn't be any division and so huh. on. And so uh, when he he um, writes in Second Corinthians uh, 8 and 9 about this, 
and he's talking about this collection and he he kind of brags him up you know how paul can be very very persuasive in the way he talks and in second corinthians 8 uh verse is it verse 8 yeah he says i am not commanding you now that's interesting but i want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for, for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. So he, he says, I'm not commanding you uh, regarding this offering. He could have said, well, you know that God requires you to give 10%, yes. so at least you have to do that. But then in 2 Corinthians 9, as he continues this lengthy discussion, he's going to send Titus to receive the collection. They've promised to give. He's reminding them of that and so forth. And then in 2 Corinthians 9, um, 6, he says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Then he says this, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And uh, earlier in the discussion, back in chapter 8, he's talked about how uh, they can. some of them that have more can give now, and then sometime later when they have needs, then others who have more might give to, to help them in their needs. So, yeah. He's, he's really talking about Christians sharing with one another. The Gentiles are going to share with the Jews in Jerusalem, and uh, maybe at some point others will share with them and so on. So, um, But it's interesting that he refrains from giving any command yeah. about the giving, and then also he says it's really a matter of what you've decided in your heart to give. And so this is really about Christian freedom. Um, you know, giving is just part of Christian freedom. Uh, God, you know, we pray in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. God gives us our daily bread. He gives us our resources. And uh, the resources that he gives us are at our disposal, as Peter told Ananias um, in Acts 5. And, uh, you know, we we can decide to give what we give. It's It's a matter of our own choice. It's part of Christian freedom. And so there's no law, there's no obligation on our part uh, in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, for us to give any certain amount. Uh, tithing might be a good thing, uh, something that we can choose to do, but it's not a law. So the one thing that I noticed he did in this talk is that he confused uh, the moral law with the other two kinds of law in the Old Testament, there's the ceremonial law and the civil law hmm. and the moral law. The moral law, of course, are the Ten Commandments, and those are repeated in various ways in the New Testament, summarized by Jesus as love of God and neighbor. Um, but the ceremonial law and the civil law are uh, actually spoken against, in particularly in Paul, in his letters, um, Romans, Galatians. We're not required to keep those anymore, and the tithing was actually a part of those, not a part of the moral law. Right. So um, the the moral law is the only thing that we're required to uh, to obey. We're not required to obey the Israelite civil law, certainly, because if we were, we would have to stone blasphemers 
right. and adult births and so on. Um, and the ceremonial law with, uh, you know, with uh, the temple and all that went with the sacrifices and uh, the feast days and all of that. Uh, Paul even talks about, you know, how all days are the same. Um, huh. You know, we can we can keep one day as sacred or we can not keep it. It's up to us. So it's part of Christian freedom. So one one of the things that that these people do who teach this old covenant tithing thing is that they bind people's consciences to to a law that uh, God does not bind us to. Yeah, I was thinking that very thought. And, uh, although you articulated it better than I. And that is that is really a serious uh, error because you know God God is not requiring this of his of his church of his new covenant people. He's not requiring this. Jewish ceremonial and civil law to be obeyed. And what's interesting and so, is this is this 10% and this money that this guy, I can't call him a pastor, but what he's talking about, of course it's going to him. Well, to his, his church. Yeah, to, church. To his church, which, right. For which he receives a... a we a, don't know, probably. Considerable salary, I'm sure. Right. Sure. But, you know, the one thing that, that these folks, at least I've never heard these people teach this, that our that our first uh, obligation is to our family. Yes. You know, so God gives us our daily bread. Uh, we do whatever jobs we do, or have whatever income we have in retirement. As you know, I'm retired, so I'm not working anymore. But I do have some incomes, not a lot, but I do have some. Um, so God gives us this. He provides for us, and uh, you know, we we have. Uh, to take care of our families, that's biblical, certainly. Uh, to take care of our, our families, and as our parents get older, yes. if they're still alive, um, mine didn't live that long, but uh, some do. You know, children need to take care of their parents. So there, there's a lot of uh, obligations that we have, and unfortunately what happens, I think, in a lot of these cases is that um, some of these folks, and I don't, I don't know, about this fellow, I don't know anything about him, but I think some of the worst ones of these are are really robbing the poor uh, by teaching some of this stuff, like plant your seed, sow your seed, and all this stuff. That some of these folks, this guy didn't teach that, but some of these people do in the NAR and so forth. Absolutely. Uh, and you know, poor people send money to these guys and yep. make them filthy rich, and the and the poor people don't even have the money to take care of their families or pay their bills. Well, but in both cases, to to really <laughs> kind of get to the point of mm-hmm. what's happening with a guy like the guy we're reviewing right now, and then for a guy like Benny Hinn, what is he counting on in his audience? He's counting on the fact that they're looking for a shortcut to make more money. Yes. Because he... He hints at that all over the place yeah. about how or fear. Sure. Yeah. Or he uses yeah, fear. That's true. Benny Hinn uses the fear. You know, God can't yep. protect you if you don't show your. And we're gonna go into the crisis soon, so you better. Yeah. You better buy your protection. He doesn't say that, but he kind of does. Yeah. The only, well, there was. I'm sorry. The only one who knows for sure that he's gonna this is gonna work for him is the guy with the mic who's teaching this <laughs> that's stuff. Right. It's it's kind of you know it's sort of like a Ponzi scheme in a way because <laughs> yes because. They're promising, and even this fellow, I mean, and everybody who teaches tithing kind of uses this line, you know, that you're cursed if you don't right. tithe. God puts a curse on you. 
And uh, has he said God is handcuffed, his hands are tied, unless you're tied, he can't right. bless you. So, in other words, and he talks about how everybody wants to bless life, they want to be blessed. Right. What does that but mean? He doesn't, he, doesn't... he doesn't define what that blessing is. Exactly. You know, exactly and the blessings that God promises us are really more spiritual blessings. Yes, he promises to care for us, but he doesn't promise to make us wealthy or give us more than we need. He may do that, but he doesn't promise that. Right. And it, it's so and, uh, it's so important for people to know that when a pastor speaks on behalf of God yeah. and says, this is what God is saying. This is a promise. This is and a this promise. is what you need to do so that God can do that. And if it's not a real promise from God. Right. It's just wicked. It happened to us, I mean, in our while ago, and we believed all of that. And we were we listening to an NAR money. church, and it was a lot of money. And I begged Steve, I'm like, you know, we better take, make a check out to this. And profit. Profit, Yeah. And yeah. it was beyond our means. I mean, it like emptied our account, sure. and he did it, and we got nothing. And when God doesn't come through, then because we did give it, you know, in faith, believing that God was going to bring it back to us, Steve would bring that up, and I'm like, "Well, you just don't trust." I mean, it was a point of, a point of contention with us. Sure. But then after a while, people going down that road, you you give up because if that's the God that who he really is, I don't want to serve him anymore because I'm not getting what he promised. When he yeah. didn't promise that, it was yeah, people like right. this man just twisting scripture. And I think, you know, that's another thing people have to remember is that's why it's so dangerous. Again, because people will lose hope and lose their faith because they put their faith in the wrong thing. They put it in a man who claims to be speaking for God and he's not. And yeah, they have to do their right. homework. They have to look to see exactly what does God say. Or you can sure. just or you can just listen to the guy who's making all these promises about how successful you're going to be if you just give 10%. It's an easy formula. You know, you don't have to think about it. You just but do yeah, it. But when it doesn't happen. Oh, then it, he doesn't care. He's got you know, a new, he's got a new guy coming in. Well, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I was, I was a, a pastor for like 23 years or so of my life. But I, I was never a rich one. I, you know, mm -hmm. but... Uh, you know, back then, being you know in the evangelical world, I I was taught tithing, and I I talked about tithing not a lot, and we tried to tithe um, most of the time, um, and it it didn't uh, it didn't take food off our table or anything, but um, you know I I've realized in later years that uh, it is not a requirement. You know, at one time I thought it was, but uh, but it isn't. And, uh, how about how about this, Daryl? For for the person who says, "Okay, I get it. It's not a requirement. I have I have Christian mm -hmm. liberty." How, how would you explain to them? Let's say uh, they're going to their local church and they really are, you know, involved. They they love their church. You know, it's being, it's it's doing what a church is supposed to do. What should mm -hmm. their what should their guidelines be then? As to I mean, obviously, if you just say you give whatever you want, then almost is too. Too free, it, too liberal. It, yeah, and they don't know what to do with that. Like, what would mm -hmm. be maybe a, a way to think about it that would give them some parameters? Okay. Well, I, I, you know, I think, um, I think maybe, you know, instead of instead of taking, you know, these fellows talk about um, these fellows talk about, and I know. Robert Morris is teaching, you know, he's talking about the first and you got to, everything's got to be first and mm -hmm. it's got to be the gross and all of these laws. 
so so i would say you know make a budget um if if you're tight make make a budget if you're married do it together make a budget you got to pay your bills you know but you don't have to have a lot of stuff you don't need so you know if you have children obviously you have to take care of your children you have to be fed and clothed but you know you don't have to have all the gadgets you don't have to have a brand new car that costs you know six hundred dollars a month in payments so you know figure out what you need god is providing you know the lord's prayer give us this day our daily bread uh save for the future and when you've done all that uh and and i'm not talking about giving god just leftovers like yeah i'm not talking about that but Mm -hmm. i'm talking about being realistic you know, if you're if if you're a single person living in a cheap apartment and you're making minimum wage, ten percent might kill you. Right. You know. So, but but you have to be realistic. So, yes, you know we give, but as Paul says, give cheerfully. Decide yes. in your heart. If yep. you're married, talk about it together. Get your bills paid. Take care of your family. Uh, save for the future. You know, don't. Don't indulge yourself in everything that you think, you know, you got to have, right. like a lot of people do. Don't go into big debt. Try to stay away from that. And I think there's people Don't who... Don't charge up all your credit cards. And then look and see, okay, realistically, what 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 is God allowing us to give to yeah. our church? And give it to your local church. You right. know, find... If, if, if you've found a church where the Word of God is proclaimed and... Uh, you know, they're teaching you God's Word and doing it correctly and caring for you. The pastor is caring for you. There's a good fellowship. Um, give what you can. And if you can increase it, increase it. But that's what I would say. Yeah. You know, it's it's part of your life. But these people that, that teach this tithing thing, and it's got to be your first, it's got to be before you write a check to anything, you got to write your 10% check. Well, you know, for some people that might be okay to do, but for other people, maybe you can give 2%. Maybe you can give 3%. Uh, maybe you can give 5%. <laughs> right. I don't think the percentage is important. I think the important thing is that it's it's from the heart. You yes. know that God has supplied your needs. That's and right. he's given you whatever he's given you. And part of what he's given you, you can give. Um there are people that uh, are able to give two hundred dollars a week to the church, and there are other people that can only give ten. Mm-hmm. So, overall, God also cares for His church. You know, when the, and, uh, when I think of um, so, the kind of the order of how you think through this, the the way you described it is basically to be a normal, responsible adult. <clears throat> Exactly. And then, exactly. and then, uh, you know, don't be selfish. Don't think of money as something that's, you know, I'm always trying to get the latest gadget, like you talked about. And right. instead, how can I be wise with my money and frugal with my money? Sure, maybe do a little nice thing here and there. You don't have to never buy anything nice, but you know, no, don't sure. don't make that a focus by any means. And see if you do have some left over, so you can help the church more, just because you want to. What I right. what I think these guys tend to be appealing to in many cases, is this person who's like, I'm really bad with my money. I haven't been an adult. I've been irresponsible. I've been buying things that I shouldn't be buying because I want them. And now I, I, I hear this new 
technique where if I give God 10%, I'll get a lot more money in return. So I'm not going to change yes. any of those bad habits. I'm just going to figure out a way to, scrape, yeah. you know, cobble together 10% for a while, and then I'll be able to buy even more of that stuff that I want. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, if you, if you if you really think it through, if you sit down and think it through, that that is just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you so can't backwards. you can't get money by giving more money away. I mean, it's not magic. You right. know? <laughs> I mean, that's that's why we pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Yeah. You know, that that's that's what Jesus taught us to pray. He didn't teach us to pray. Uh, you know, as as this old guy that used to be on the radio reverend ike you know he said i'm gonna get my cadillac you know it wasn't, it wasn't. <laughs> i don't know if probably nobody listening's ever heard of reverend ike but anyway you can <laughs> I, haven't. Google. He, he, I think he was a black pre radio preacher and he was always talking about getting money and i mean he, he goes way back way before these current guys were doing their thing but okay so here's uh, another thought in, and I like getting your perspective because you're older and you've been a pastor for so long. And but you studied the scriptures. Yeah, but I have thought about, and I think it's true that there are people who are just lazy and they're not actually living up to their potential as God has created them, just because of a number of things. You know, maybe a really bad upbringing. You know, there's just a lot of bad habits that they were they they were demonstrated by maybe their parents or their whole family background. And for them, they are actually the opposite of what we're talking about. They're they're kind of slacking off on what they could be doing with their lives because they're just lazy. That's all they know. And they like yeah. just sitting around. And then they, they claim to be more spiritual because they're not actually maybe getting a better education or, get, or trying to get a better job because they think, eh, that's too much work. I want to sit home and watch TV all day and play video games or whatever. Yeah, you know, this that's is like, right. the, Don't you think there's, a, there's another side where as Christians we should – want to make the most of what God has given us, which might be a, a, an ability to get a better job, an ability to go and learn a, yeah. a trade or go to school. And, sure. and and actually, you know, get out of poverty would be something that God would want you to do. He would want you to be better off. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if, if you're able, but, you know, again, God, God doesn't promise us, you know, wealth. He doesn't promise us great success in life and all of those kinds of things. Well, this guy does. But he does, he does promise to provide for us. But part of that, you know, if you read the Thessalonian letters, I think it's particularly the second one where I think it's in Second Thessalonians where Paul is kind of chiding them for, you know, waiting around for the second coming and not doing anything. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, if you don't work, you, will, you, you, won't, you eat. won't eat. That's right. Uh, so, you know, there's that part of it, too. You know, um, the problem with a lot of modern Christianity is it's 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 become pie in the sky in the sense of being like kind of Gnostic where it's all where it's all this spiritual thing floating around and divorced from real life and the problems of real life. And uh, when you listen to these people, you know, I guess if if you were either just poor through no fault of your own or if you're irresponsible and you hear somebody telling you, hey, if you just take what money you got and give it to this guy or give it to this church or whatever, that God is just going to shower blessings on you and give you, you know, an increase, then it might be tempting because you're just not realistic about life in the first right. place. Right, yes. Good point. But, you know, if, if uh, you know, I was raised on a farm and... Uh, so, you know, I was raised in the dirt. 
And uh, we had work to do. We had to do it. I had to do a lot of unpleasant things. But that was just part of life. And uh, and then in my academic career, if I wanted to keep going and get my degrees, I had to study. And and so you learn disciplines. And then in our married life, you know, we haven't had a lot of money uh, over the years, being a pastor and doing other things. We bought a lot of our kids' clothes at garage sales mm-hmm. and... Uh, even now, we go to Goodwill, and uh, this is the shirt I'm wearing right now. Yeah. is from a thrift store. Yeah, and you can find a lot of stuff. You know, absolutely. You can go to to the department stores, and and you can buy shirts for fifty, sixty dollars, right. or you can go to Goodwill, and you can even find a shirt with a tag still on it <laughs> for, for uh, five bucks. Now we really know? sound like old people. Yeah. Anyway, so, so what's the difference? You That's know? right. You yeah. know, even if it's been slightly used, I got a bunch of shoes I've gotten at Goodwill for seven, eight dollars. Yes, you know, they're just guy, as good. He's my older brother. They're just I know. as good as the ones that you buy for 60, 70 bucks. I you. So, I mean, there's lots of ways to. Uh, I, I, I think that's part of our problem is that we live in a in a society that's used to just getting everything we want. That's right. The American dream and so on and so forth, and we all feel a bit entitled. And then. When somebody comes along and says, "Hey, you can you can get more by just giving ten percent of your money to the church or to this guy or whatever," um, to God, as he says, you're actually giving it to Jesus. Okay, you know yeah. that's that's fine, but you're not throwing it up in the air and he's taking his cut. You know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to go. Okay, so thanks, Daryl. So, thank you, Daryl. Okay. Very, okay. very helpful. Yeah, super Great. helpful. Talk to you again real soon. Okay, Say hi to Marge bye-bye. for me. Yeah, sure will. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 So I noticed that I, I was looking at the wrong meter for the the sound was maybe a little too loud. I had it maybe a little too close. I hope it wasn't distorted, everybody. I don't know how else to do this, except it just... It's all right. Yeah, I think it'll be okay. I like I like his input. He's He has studied the Old Testament and the New Testament in a scholarly way to understand it in context the history, all of that. So we actually learn what this this means in Malachi opposed mm-hmm. to what he thinks it does using the English language right. and English reasoning. He just, he, it's called eisegesis. He, right. he, he took that little portion, re- removed it from the meaning that it has within the book mm-hmm. itself and within the context of the whole Old Testament. And he just pulled it out and said, this is a promise for you. Yanked so, it. So go ahead and start Give giving. Give it the big yank. Yeah. <laughs> Give ten percent, and you're going to be successful. It's a it's a guarantee. Yeah, see, that's that's a real problem. It's a huge problem. And then what comes after it? God's word says, "Listen, I want you to I want you to return to me. Come back to doing things my ways. You've you've been robbing me, and how have we robbed you? You're, we can't even reach you." He said, "You've robbed me, and you're giving." What does giving do? How does giving rob God? Giving robs God's ability to bless you the way He wants to. Because God is handcuffed to his word. There it is. Yeah. Handcuffed. That's. We got that much power. So he couldn't be more clear that this is a guaranteed formula for God to give you. If this was true, everybody in his church would be, you know, making a ton more money and he would have the most popular church in the world. Right. Because everybody would want to go there because he had the secret. I mean, I guess. The truth is the most popular churches in the world are teaching this, not because it works, but because it brings in people who want to hear the get rich And give scheme. their money. And so who's got the biggest church in America? Joel Osteen. 
Yeah, it's true. He teaches the same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how uh, often he teaches this. He teaches more positive thinking, but uh-huh. this is just... And if I don't do things his way, God is limited in order to do things in my life the way he desires. So you are robbing me. God doesn't need my money. He wants my heart and he wants to pour that out. And he says, I want you to do this. Put me to the test. Try it. Tithe and watch and see what I'll do. I'll open. And in the, in the study Bibles, if you go into any kind of commentaries, this is a really tricky passage because of that, because there are other passages where God doesn't want us to test him. He True. wants us to trust him. Mm-hmm. So this is a very specific uh, circumstance with these Levite priests, uh, priests who had this system that was supposed to be functioning. Yep. So he can make this promise to that specific people in that specific environment because he'd already made promises about how this is this is the world, the self-contained world of how this whole uh, Levite priesthood and the way the, the Israelites ecosystem. is the kind of the ecosystem. Yep. So. We don't have that ecosystem. We have no. a much better ecosystem. Right. We don't have to go to the temple and we don't have to slaughter animals. We have right. we have Jesus who died on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven of all our sins once and for all and we could have eternal life as a free gift we, we didn't deserve. That's right. that's the central point of of Christianity and he's ignoring all of that. Right. And he's giving you this formula. Blessed life. Yeah, this this formula <laughs> that doesn't exist in the Bible itself. Right. At least not for the overall scriptures. It does exist in a in a very concise, uh, constrained Encapsulated. way in this one little instance. Right. Open the heavens over your life. I'll rebuke and shut down everything trying to devour all of the good things going on in your life. Try me. I'm going to bless you to the... Wow, I don't remember the passage saying that. All the bad things that are trying to devour you... In your gonna, life are going to be gone. God's going to take care of them. Yeah. God's, God's like the mafia. Yeah. I tell you what, you give me 10%. <laughs> You won't have any trouble with anybody. Just watch me. Yeah. Test me. Just Come test on. me. Give me the money. That's exactly like the mafia. It is. Only the mafia comes through. <laughs> <laughs> the point that you can't even handle the increase in the blessing in life. You see, the book of Malachi is interesting. Oh, yeah. He's not appealing to their uh, selfishness at all. No. You can't even handle all the stuff you're going to get. Just wait. Just start bringing in the money. It's going to so, pour out at you. So why doesn't this guy have a new sermon series coming up soon where he just gets people on stage one after the other talk about, ah, I got so much money, I don't know what to and do what with it. And what are you going to do with it now? I, 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 I keep giving it away and I keep getting more. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. This system that God promised is fully functioning in my Nobody life. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. Who no. teaches this? Nobody has this. Has the follow-up service. On- Not even Robert Morris has that. Yeah. Because he's full of baloney. Yes, baloney sausage. I think of, uh, I think of Morris. Morris the cat. No, um, uh, Ernest T. Bass. What was his name? Richard Morris. Oh, oh, the the actor. Howard itself. Morris. Howard Morris. I like him better. He was great. Interesting. It's the it's the last book of the Bible. By the way, it's it's Malachi, not Malachi. All right, so it's 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 not. Got that from David Hughes. That's so funny. Every pastor uses that. Right. It's yeah. It's it's not. It's 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 just take a breath, Charlie. Would you just calm down? My gosh, I swear he's on amphetamines or something. It's a last book in the Old Testament going into the New Testament, but but the whole book is written about return to God. There's only four chapters in the entire book. And chapter number one is all about returning your faith back to God. Put your trust back in me. Number two, the, the, the chapter two is about returning our families back. I wonder if he could have read the four chapters in the 41 minutes that he spent talking about everything but the actual Bible. No, I, I, I want to hear more about Monopoly. Yeah, he had to talk about Monopoly. Back to God. Get your family back in order. 
Uh, worship me as with your family. Chapter number three is about worship. <laughs> me worship. I thought he was talking about a warship. A warship. A warship. <laughs> about our finances. Look, faith, family, finances are right here in these first three chapters. Yeah. Get your finances Just trust back him. in order and worship me. And chapter number four, God then says, now I will return to you. Hmm. Get your home in order. Get your faith in order. Get your finances in order. Do more. Try harder. This, yeah. There is no gospel at all. No. And I will return to your life like you've never seen possible. Does it I will return to your life like you've never seen possible. I mean, this is the genie coming out of Aladdin's lamp that's going to give you whatever you want. This is so dumb. It is dumb. I mean, who is he appealing to? I don't even want If you fell for this, I'm really sorry. I right. really am. In the name of... Jesus, you fell for something from a false teacher, and we've all, most of us watching these, we can relate. Experienced yeah. something and like it's this. Just, you know, when you finally, you know, kind of step away and you see it from outside, you go, oh, I can't believe this is actually happening. I can't believe I fell for this. I can't for believe years. people are still falling for this. Right. This is so pathetic. Anybody like the idea of God living in your house for the next six months and just running everything? Your money, your mind, your career, all my single folk. God running your dating life for the next six months, eight months, nine months. Hey, yeah, all right. Yeah, uh, what is he appealing to yet again? The genie in the bottle. This is the God who's going to, you know, just give 10% and God's going to do whatever you want him to do. Anything. Just name it. He's he's like, here's he's the, grasping. Here's the genie like, of the bottle for the money. Here's yeah. the genie of the bottle for, for your dating. Here's the genie of the bottle for, for your career. career. And for your kids, for your family. Which, my, which bottle my, are you going to rub my, this my, time? My, 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 my teenagers. <laughs> God help you in school with them exams and them teachers. And yeah. all for the next six months, it'll be okay if he got... Yes, that's exactly... So this he's is, promising. he's promising so many things... That no limit. With no limit, if you just do this. This is how you kill people's faith. Right. And hey, right. young people at right. this guy's church, I don't blame you for wanting to abandon Christianity, but it's yeah. not Christianity to right. begin with. It's this fake, whatever this thing is. I don't even know what to call this. I don't know either. This is like a weird, twisted, prosperity, tithing, guarantee thing. Right. It's not Christianity. So no, it's not. If you reject this, that's fine, but... It, don't reject Christianity because of this. What the Bible says he's wanting to do. So he, he watch this. He makes tithing an ordinance. And or, we don't like these big words. It sounds too legal. But let me tell you what an ordinance is. An ordinance is just, uh, it's for, he's producing ordinary, ordinary behavior <laughs> out of us. This is, this is, this is where Daryl pointed yeah, out. Yeah, it's the wrong yeah, word. It's the wrong. He doesn't, and ordinances. He doesn't even know, know how to use a dictionary. No. Something where God says, here's what I'm prescribing. I want you to do this continually. This should be ordinary for Christ followers. You will ordinarily tithe. It's who you are. It's not like you wrestle with it every week. No, it's it's set. It's what you do. Okay, so if it's what you do just because you're a, an ordinary Christian, it's something that just happens, why is he having to teach it? <laughs> He's cramming it down their throats. Yeah. But 
what according to what he just said and this isn't about money no this isn't the about show money. is not about money no that's why they have monopoly money everywhere all over you're going to go to work every week you're going to go to bed every week you're going to you're, you're going to brush your teeth a man teeth brushing should be an ordinance i'm just saying like forgiveness like church attendance it's an ordinance it's an ordinary thing in my life just learn what words mean could you at least do that much? What did you do all week besides learning about Monopoly? Did you prepare this sermon on the drive to church that morning? Tithing is a part of that. And You're God decided giving 10% of my income back to him would be ordinary. Then you shouldn't have to teach it. They should all know this by now. Right, Kiko? He says, love me, love me. I... It's just, it's common. It's not something that all everybody should go crazy over. No, it's its common. It's ordinary. And I want to talk to you about this today because, again, this is not about money. I, I don't want to do this anymore. No, I don't either. we got to get these guys howling. Seriously, if you want to yeah. watch the rest of it just to really see this is so if we were stupid. Too, too, too rough with him or we should have let him talk more just to prove some points. We're at an hour go and a half. It. Yeah, we're already in an hour and a half. We're done. How far? How far? We're only 18 minutes. <laughs> a 40-minute sermon? I mean, I've been to dental visits that were more pleasant oh, than this. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it doesn't get any better. If anything, he just... It's more yeah, of let's, this. Let's let him go a little bit more. I know some of y'all keep on squeezing your wallet. You, you, you give, give it a break. You're, you're, your knuckles are white. I'm not after your money. That's not what this is. No, no. I want you to see something so much deeper. Let me talk, okay. talk about the purpose of tithing. Okay. Yeah. And why is it important? Because most folks have never learned the purpose of it. Mm. All we but I thought it was an ordinary thing that Christians just ordinarily right. do. They don't even have to think about it. Just, it just comes. Constantly contradicts himself yes. over and over and over. We hear is tithe, on, give, tithe, give. And we think the church just needs money there. to you make things happen. Space. You don't give at Free Life to make anything give happen. You don't give at that church in mm. order to make things happen. Okay, everybody who goes to that church, prove him to be correct. Stop giving. Go tithe somewhere else and see what happens. The but then you have, to, you have to do tithe so that something does happen. I mean, to themselves. That's true. Yeah, so he's basically created a system himself. where he will guarantee himself money mm -hmm. and he will guarantee that they will always lose money. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's, that's the wrong purpose of giving. Mm. Your purpose of giving is worship. That's why you can enjoy your giving. There's never... How does this really have anything to do with worship, the way he's describing it? I don't know. I mean, I mean... You know, we're not going to let him... You said let yeah, him go yeah, for yeah, a while. Sure. You feel pressured or, or someone coming down to you. That's oh, not yeah. what it's all about. No, there's and no pressure most here. Most church people, most people who have ever gone to church have never been taught from God's word what giving is all about. The Neither have the people at your church. The power behind the principle of giving. Let me talk about the purpose of tithing. Three things real quick. Number one, tithing is a test. Mm. Yeah. This is a test of the emergency tithing system. <laughs> it's so a, funny. Every paycheck is a test. I didn't know he could do voices. <laughs> what do you mean by test? Well, let me help you. The number 10 throughout the Bible represents testing. Watch this. Again, Daryl said it actually means complete. That's the real meaning. There were 10 plagues. I think he got his... Uh, Bible education while he was reading about Monopoly. He's getting his terms mixed up. I or think something. he got it in the Cracker Jack Cracker box. Jack box. Ten, <clears throat> ten tests of Pharaoh. Will you let my people go? There were ten commands 
given. Ten commandments. Those are ten tests to keep our life in order. There were ten times God tested Israel in the wilderness of serving me. There were ten days that Daniel was tested personally. There were ten virgins tested in Matthew chapter 25 if they're going to keep focused on him. There's ten days of testing in the book of Revelation. All throughout the Bible, there's more that we can begin to look at. The number ten is a number of testing. So slick salesman. Yes, you know what else? He's I'm a just, slick salesman. You know what else I'm thinking? <clears throat> what? You know, I did that video, uh, Why Do Adults Prefer Children's Church? Yeah. And I had all those little examples. Yes. And I didn't use this one, unfortunately. But oh, the Monopoly money. He'll, he'll be in the... Next one. The next version. But no, no. He is just... <laughs> I want to finish this. He's pounding away at all the stuff they aren't doing and need to do. Yeah. Law, law, law. Do more, do more, do more, do more, do more. You should you should want to do this more. You shouldn't even, you know, feel obligated. You should just want to do it. So do it. Do it. Do it. So it's so harsh as a compensation. He's got to make it seem like it's fun. Lighthearted. And that's why they've got all Makes the, voices. Yeah, and he's... And he's, all the Monopoly money's in the background. But there's nothing fun about any of this. No. I don't want to be a Christian if this is Christianity. No. What, so... What's the... I mean, what's the point? I don't get it. This is like, do a whole bunch of stuff and then you'll be happy? I'm not happy listening to this man, let alone trying to do all the stuff he's saying we should right. be doing. You know, when they say, you know, I'm into relationship, not a religion. Where would you put this? That's what people go to this church will probably be saying that. Oh, yeah, which is... However... This is a religion. Right. He's telling people all the things that they got to do. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, that was the Benny Hinn video. Well, he's the same. Yeah. So God says, I want you to bring back to me a tenth, 10%, the number 10 of... Hey, you know, I also forget to mention that a lot of times people say, you know, you guys are so critical. Why don't you... What's a good sermon? Please go to Risen Savior Lutheran Church. It's it's one of the links in the recommended channels. It's the church we go to. I used to put our pastor's sermons up on this channel, but then our church got their own YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. So that's where they are now. Right. And I really, seriously, I would love for you to listen to... They're, they're 20 minutes long. Yeah. The service is an hour, but the <laughs> but sermon the is sermon, only about 20 minutes. And it's amazing. 25 minutes at the most. He packs in so much fantastic teaching. And I, and I, I really want you to listen... Because I want you to see what it's like when somebody preaches a gospel-centered sermon, if you haven't heard one before. And I'm not saying our pastor is the only guy, not, not by any means. But a gospel-centered sermon will preach some law. some Because we have to know that we're sinners. Otherwise, right. we don't need a Savior. Sometimes you do get kind of self-righteous. Right. And you need to be confronted with your <laughs> self-righteousness or your, you know, the way you're looking down on other people because mm -hmm. you think you're better than them or whatever. The law should be part of the sermon, but it always should end with... You know what, though? Jesus died for those sins. Jesus is here to freely give you that forgiveness so that you can go away with the weight off your chest so that you don't have the burden of the law on your shoulders anymore. You go to church not to be pounded over and mm -hmm. over again with all the stuff you're not doing. You go to church to be relieved of all that stuff. He's doing the opposite. Right. But they have to dress it up with this, you know, it's not even that fun. He's not even funny. He's not clever. He's not interesting. No. He just talks really fast. That's about it. What I give you. By the way, watch this. I'm giving you all of it. I'm giving you 100%. I want to see if you can handle the 10%. So even when he says God gives you everything, he has yeah. to turn it into, now I'm going to see what you can do. Yeah. You can handle it. You see if you can give me 10% back because I'm an angry, mean God who hands stuff over. And then he says, come on, what are you going to do with it? Okay, I'm going to let it play. 
properly. This is what's going on. This is a test. So he's testing us with the tithe. That's why Malachi 3 says, will a man steal from God? He said, you're stolen through tithe and offering. And he says, you're living under a curse. Let me, know, let me show you something. God doesn't curse anybody. Yeah, and yeah. curse exists already. Yeah. That was the fall of man when Adam and Eve sinned. A curse was released. And when you and... Okay, he's talking about he's mixing categories again. Yeah, it is. It doesn't make any sense what he's saying. But it does in his mind. Yeah. And then he ties it all together and right. serves it on a platter. But he is teaching that if you don't give God 10%, you are under a, a type of curse. That's right, because it already change. exists. Yeah. So yeah. for you to get away from the curse, you have You've to do give this. You've got 10%. And he, it's kind of like witchcraft. It is like witchcraft, exactly. Yeah. And it's like the mafia. Right. But again, the mafia actually does what they say. I come under God. From what I understand. <laughs> I watch those old movies and stuff. God's order. We literally leave the curse. We come under the umbrella of his blessing. And things that you that your neighbors are going through, you're not going through because there is a covenant covering over your life. This is something. So this was taught as well. And so when bad things kept happening to us, I'm like, why? Why am I in the hospital again? Yeah. Yeah. Why... Are we tens of thousands of dollars in debt because of all of the hospital bills? And I know many of you have experienced a lot of suffering in life yeah, because that's what life, yeah, worse than us. And I know that life, that's what it brings. But according to him, if you're a true child of God, you're not going to experience that because you are under his covering. Well, a true God who gives 10%, not just a true child of God. Well, even if you're giving 10% right. and all of these bad things happen to you. Because what he's promising doesn't exist. What, what do these guys do when they occasionally, I'm sure, must get people that say, Hey, Pastor, I want to talk to you. I got a, I got a thing I really need to talk to you privately about. And a lot of times at a mega church, you can't even see the pastor right. for months. Right. And I've talked to people who have told me, Oh, yeah, you can't see the pastor. Who've been there and have come it's out. It's a six-month yeah. waiting period to have 30 minutes with the guy, mm -hmm. which is another sign that you need to leave right now. Right. If that's actually going on in your church. Correct. But... Let's say somebody says, you know what? I did exactly what you said. I believed that it was in the Bible, and uh, we, we, we worked really hard at you know doing the numbers, and we made sure that we gave you 10%. And all we did was lose 10% of our income, and nothing has changed, and we actually have some problems now because we have less money. So what do you say to that, Pastor? We did it for six months. I can show you the numbers. It's your fault. It'll he, always come back to your he fault. He has to say that. Yeah. Well, or he has to say, well, you just keep trying We're Harder. Harder. Or there must be some unforgiveness in your... I mean, we hear that, too. Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. Again, he, it's you. He has no answer. No. Because he, he he made a claim that God is promising something, and then it doesn't happen. He can only turn it back on them and say, keep doing the same thing. Right. This reminds me of uh, when people try to sell you advertising. Mm -hmm. as, <laughs> as, Not that anyone has bought one advertising they, if you take sitting out an, next to me. If you take out an ad in a... Oh, let's say an art magazine. <laughs> and it costs you, let's say, I don't know, oh. $1,500. Especially when and you, yeah. and you don't actually get $1,500 worth of business as a result. Mm -hmm. The people who sell the ads will tell you, well, you know, honestly, what you need to have is Consistency. A, a series of ads over yeah. a long period of time so that people see see them over and over and, and they develop, you know, the name recognition. And actually, that's probably true. True, right. Unless your art is really, really bad. Right. But in general, it's it's actually true in that circumstance. Yeah. In this circumstance, that's all he's got. Yeah. Either blame it on the person or say, you know, just keep trying, keep coming You're back. Right. And that's how you lose people. And in and, and many cases, they actually abandon their Christian faith yeah. if it even was a real faith to begin right. with. 
So because our faith is in Christ, not in a man who teaches like this, and not in this Any stupid man. formula. Right. Already set up that God has ordained. He said, "I'm tired of seeing you live outside of my blessing, outside of my covering. Come back into order." But notice this: it's not just a test of you and I. The tithe is, tests God also. You're testing God. God said, "Test me, prove me." God's either a liar or he's telling the truth. Yeah, so by applying this to every Christian universally across the board, he is killing people's faith. I mean, killing. If that if that if that applies universally, what do you say to the people who are in countries where they don't even have the opportunity to have a job? You know, they're working the fields just to eat. I mean, I mean, seriously. This is what has ravaged much of Africa. There are people who have genuine poverty. And, and the prosperity preachers are driving in a Rolls Royce saying, hey, if you want to have a Rolls Royce like me, give me 10%. I mean, the reality is he's saying this is a universal. Mm -hmm. Yes. Let's look at all the countries out there. I mean. Let's if, just look at all the people. Also, all the people just groups. using common sense. Right. You don't even have to be a Christian. If this is true, and especially in Africa where there <laughs> is a serious poverty problem in some of these countries, mm -hmm. th there should be no poverty problem anymore. Right. But the only guy getting rich is the guy sitting at the top of the pyramid with the microphone right. who's manipulating people, and he's lying to people in the name of God. Right. Either the tithe works or it doesn't work. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. it's just very plain. No, the other option is you're, you're lying. Mm -hmm. God's word pulls no punches. God said, try me, test me. And God said, when you test me, you're going to see I'm opening the window of heaven over your life. I'm going to pour out resource and increase that you cannot contain it. It's going to be more. And by the way, resource is not just money. Resource is not just money. Oh, resource okay. oh. is not just money. There's some hope that you need. There's some joy that you need. There's some peace inside that you need. There's some wisdom. There's so you're going to have joy and peace because you're going to get all this money. And wisdom. Because you're tithing. I can't believe how much I dislike this man and this sermon. I mean, I, I didn't like it the first time, but man, this is, this is bad. some direction for your life. He says, I hold all resourcing. It's not a money game. It's resourcing beyond that. This reminds me of the snake oil salesman, Aunt B. But butter. Doctor, that, the doctor. That guy was entertaining. Medicine, the medicine This man. guy's annoying. Yeah. And at least he had a product to sell that made yeah. you feel better. It was alcohol. <laughs> Pure alcohol. And she felt better. Yeah. And her aches and pains did leave, but they came back. What is the song? <laughs> toot, toot, tootsie, goodbye. At. <laughs> He says, I will pour it out of the way. And by the way, I will shut the mouth of the thing coming to try to destroy everything uh, good that's trying to happen in your life. You're trying that. to start the business. I will shut the destroyer down. You're trying to build the home. I will shut the destroyer down. You're trying to do things right in your mind. I will shut the destroyer down. He says, I will become an enemy to your enemies. I will personally get involved when you connect with me this way. This is like the mafia. I didn't think how, how close it is. You know, I just did that video on uh, Jesse Duplantis and yes. Rodney Howard Brown. Right. Literally talking about the mafia. Right. But this is God versus the mafia. I don't see the difference. Except, again, the mafia is real in the sense that it actually does these things. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not buying God off. <laughs> we're expressing our heart. See, the willingness, the willingness to return the first tenth reveals three things. Here it is. <clears throat> Who I worship. Who I, who I reveal is responsible for my income. Who do I think is responsible? Because you see, if I don't believe God's responsible, then I'm not giving him 10th. I need 100%. But if he's the one that gave me 100%, then don't you think he could give it to me again? 
who is the source. And number three, tithing reveals my ability to steward and handle more. Hmm. If he can trust me with this much, then he can trust me with this much. Yeah. I don't just want him to trust me with one of these. I want this much. I want him to trust me with all of these. It's not about money, though. No. That's what this it's does. not about money. It's a testing. It's a proving. It reveals you to you. You know what? This reveals you're a buffoon. Right. You're a liar sitting in the place of a preacher. The throne of lies. You, you sit, sit on the on throne, throne of, of lies. lies. <laughs> I don't know I if mean, you smell like beef and cheese, but yeah. you probably do. I mean, he's literally lying. Yes. I, I, I hate it when people say that somebody's a liar on YouTube because right. it sounds like you're just kind of taking the easy route. You know, like you're just going to the worst possible yeah. thing right off the bat. But, but literally what he is saying is not true. He's, he's so a, what does that mean then? It's telling lies. Right. So that's how we came up with that word. I, actually, I came up with it. You did. I didn't come up with it, actually. I just used it. Well, let's the word, look at the dictionary. The word, what does it really mean? <laughs> the word already existed. I just implemented the word. That struggle. But we have to step in and realize that God's doing You know what? I'm glad we kept going because this is so bad. We've only we've only added like another ten minutes. I need some some of that. I like cucumbers, by the way. I love cucumbers, yeah, and I they like really dips are with good. them too. But we don't have any dips. And by the way, I I want to mention to all the people who watched us eating snacks and said you guys are going to get fat. I didn't read that. Did you notice that we've been doing this for two years now and we haven't gotten fat because we I've do gotten it, a little bigger. We do it for the show. It's just a <laughs> thing. And you know, when people send us snacks, we wanted to eat the food on the show. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, yeah, I appreciate that you maybe are concerned, but it's like if we actually were ballooning on camera over a period of months, then you maybe would have something to talk about. But okay. seriously, we don't eat junk food all the time. We don't. So number one, number one, tithing is a test. Number two, tithing is biblical. Oh, tithing is straight up Bible, y'all. What what do you do with that? It's it, but in fact, let me just help you. I hear people in the church, and if you're not familiar with this, just just dismiss it. But let me talk to churchy people for a second. Just dismiss it. Let me talk to churchy people for a minute. Oh yeah, that's not demeaning. Second, you've heard people say, "Well, tithing that that, that that's not that, that's not even in the law. God God threw the law away. It, it's over. Yeah, tithing preceded oh, man. the law." In other words, what God told Moses, people begin to say, because Jesus came, now the law is gone. Okay, well, th that would be fine, but but even... The law is not gone. The law was fulfilled in Christ. Mm -hmm. He doesn't no. even have that right. Even, even if, if that were true, let me just kind of help you. Even if it were a part of the law, murder is also, do not murder is a part oh. of the law. You think we should throw that away? <sighs> come on! Okay, let me come back here. Uh, do not commit adultery. Should we throw that away also? That's a part of the law also. Come Mm -hmm. I don't see anybody sign up. Yeah, amen. Adultery. Uh, yeah, okay, well, you ain't got a wife. I promise you that. Uh, Idol worship. Idol worship was a part of the law. Should we throw that away too? No. Tithing was a part of the law, but tithing also preceded the law. It stood on its own before then. So tithing is a ordinance. Tithing is a precept. So he's using Malachi, which he said was the last book of the Bible. Right. It was written 500 years or so before Christ. Mm -hmm. But he's also saying that tithing preceded the law. I, I'm not sure the reference there. I think that might be a, um, a thing from Robert Morris. I'm sorry. You know what? And, and Chris Roseborough has the best videos, not only debunking Robert Morris, who is a scoundrel, an absolute scoundrel, an absolute wolf, but he, he goes into detail specifically because I'm pretty sure everything he's doing is just he was listening to Robert Morris 
in the car on the way to the sermon that morning. That's about all he did for research. Tithing is a foundational principle that sets our life up. Leviticus chapter 27 verse 30 tells us the tithe is holy. And let me help you with something. We don't touch holy things. Oh, wow. No, we do not. The holy belongs to God. Watch this. One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set. Why, why aren't these verses talking about money? It seems like they should they didn't, be. It wasn't invented back then. And it was. Apart to him as holy. Mm. When I choose not to tithe, I'm taking holy stuff to myself. And I'm taking, wow. when I take holy stuff to myself, it becomes self-worship. Mm. The problem with that is since I'm not equipped in my humanity. He knows a lot about self-worship. To handle something holy, <laughs> it rots me from the inside out. Wow, yeah. And I begin to serve it instead of it serving me. It becomes an idol that I start to follow as opposed to it serving the purposes that God planned. Interesting. In He's got the money on the altar. Because typically this is where the altar would be. Yes, you would have, you'd have the Bible. And then you'd worship. Maybe a baptismal font. Right. Or, or you'd have, you know, uh, and you're focused on the altar. Candles, but it's We're always... focused on the money. Yeah. Not, not the this baptismal font. This the guy spreads font. money all not, over the stage. Not even a cross. Oh, no. A cross isn't not. up there. That's offensive. But the money is. Life. We have to make sure we... Speaking of the cross, there is no mention of Jesus. No. In this sermon. No. Did he even mention the cross or never, Jesus, the never, atonement for sin never. or anything? He'll use Jesus' name at the end, I think. Maybe. Kind of like a rat rubbing a... The, the genie's lamp. Or, or the, the, the rabbit foot. The rabbit's foot. Get it in order. Let me just ask this. If Jesus said to tithe, would you? Yeah, listen. I remember this now. He just says that. He knows that it's not true, but he just says it. Because he doesn't go anywhere. What do you think he should say next? He should open up the passage and where here's Jesus. And the scripture. Uh -huh. Jesus. I mean, why would we hesitate? Remember, he is the one who did bleed and die for us. There we go. And yeah. the fact he's asking for 10%. He is? He's asking for a dollar for every 10. He's asking for a dime on he every is? dollar. Is that, is that too much for the one who bled and died and took your place in mine? We should be able to tithe on anything that he declares in our life. But I want you to know something even beyond that. In this room, when you bring the tithe, Hebrews chapter 7 verse 8 tells us this. Ugh. Jesus is the one who's receiving your tithe. I, this church, we will collect it, but Jesus is the one who is receiving it. You're literally bringing your tithe straight to Jesus and laying it in his hand. I don't think so. <sighs> Hebrews 7, he said 8. Did you even look at that one? I mean, I, I'm sure we did. I, I think I did when we looked at this yeah, a month ago. But, yeah. but that thing about, would you believe in the tithe if Jesus taught it? Yes. Jesus didn't teach it, you buffoon. Right. Look at that face he's making right now. It's scary. I, 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 uh, I'll, I'll, you think he's going to read it? Do you remember? No, he won't. Well, maybe. From my house to you, from my heart. Notice also, the only time he brings up Jesus dying is to make you feel bad. That Manipulation. Jesus is, yeah, he's saying, mm -hmm. come on, man, I died on the cross. Give me my 10%. I am not happy. I know. Did, did you find it? I'm trying. He said, scroll it, back, scroll it back a little bit. I've been on a computer too much. I work from home now, so I'm constantly scrolling. And Jesus and laying it in his hand. A little bit more back. From my house to you. And in his hand. And Jesus is the one who is receiving it. You're literally. When you bring the tithe, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8 tells. 7, <laughs> Hebrews verse, 7 eight. verse 8. 
in this case, mortal men receive tithes, but in the case one receives them, of whom it is witnessed that he lives on. That's all it says. And that's the NASB. Yeah. Which is a great translation. And I didn't read, and I just read the verse. I didn't read the whole chapter. In the one case, the tenth is collected by people who die, but in the other case, by him who is declared to be living. One might even say that Levi, who collects the tenth, paid the tenth through Abraham, because when Melchizedek met Abraham, Levi was still in the body of his ancestor. And, and where was Daryl on this? Right. Where's Daryl? We, we cut him off. Uh, maybe he was going to talk about this. Yeah, so um, this passage is talking about the Old Testament because uh, it's talking about Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. You reading the notes? You know what? I'm just going to read the, the thing that he doesn't want to do because he's too busy. The chapter? Mm-hmm. I'm going to start at uh, verse 1 of chapter 7, book of Hebrews. And I'm using the NIV. This Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God Most High. He met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, the name Melchizedek means king of righteousness. Then also, king of Salem means king of peace. Without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, resembling the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. Just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave, a tenth, gave him a tenth of the plunder. Oh, so this is what he's talking about, Abraham. And, and the tithe came before the law, okay. before Moses. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the law requires the descendants of Levi, who became priests, to collect a tenth from the people, that is, from their fellow Israelites, even though they also are descended from Abraham. This man, however, did not trace his descent from Levi, yet he collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. And without doubt, the lesser is blessed by the greater. In the one case, the tenth is collected by people who die, but in the other case, by him who is declared to be living. One might even say that Levi, who collects the tenth, paid the tenth through Abraham because when Melchizedek met Abraham, Levi was still in the body of his ancestor. If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, and indeed the law given to the people established that priesthood, why was there still need for another priest to come? One in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron. For when the priesthood is changed, the law must, all, must be changed also. He of whom these things are said belong to a different tribe, and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar. For it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah, and in regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. And what we have said is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. For it is declared, you are you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Hmm. The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law made nothing perfect, and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. Oh yeah, this passage encourages us to tithe 10% today. That's not even the end of it. He stopped at 19. Let's keep going. This, Jesus is the one who's receiving your tithe. I, this church, we will collect it, but Jesus is the one who is receiving it. You're literally bringing your tithe straight to Jesus literally. and laying it in his hand. The literally. Word, yeah, the word literally doesn't mean literally in the way he's using it. No. 
From my house to you, from my heart to you, I bring the holy back to you. I recognize you're the source of my life. I'm passing the test. This is more than finances. You're going to reign everything on my life that's good for life. Me, and my me, future me, and where me. I am in my family. Here you go. I'm me, the me, me, me. I'm going to reign. Ladies and gentlemen, this becomes hey. a whole nother level. Yeah. The third thing is this. I'm going to reign. is a blessing. You're losing nothing. Everyone shout, I'm losing nothing. Yeah, you're losing 10% of your income. And you're Say, gaining, gaining everything. <sighs> That's Bible. Let me show you something. <sighs> King Hezekiah, who was over Israel, they were <sighs> in an economic recession. They were in a train wreck. This is Bible. This is a train wreck. This is Bible, y'all. The reason they were in a this train, is a train wreck, wreck y'all. They stopped tithing. They stopped honoring God with the first grain that was growing, with their finances in every capacity. And they were living under a curse because they were stealing from God, taking the holy thing to themselves, and it was destroying. King Hezekiah came back, and he immediately he began to make an announcement to the entire nation. Stop everything. We're going to start tithing. I want you to start bringing a tenth of all the figs, a tenth of all the grain, a tenth of uh, uh, every sheep, one out of every ten. We're bringing it, we're offering, we're sacrificing, we're honoring God with the tithe. And the Bible says that when they started to tithe, there was so much increase that began to hit the nation of Israel. They didn't know what to do with it. In the third month and in the seventh month, the harvest months, it absolutely exploded. Uh, and, and Hezekiah, he goes and begins to talk to his leaders. says, why, why do we have so much left over? Like, we've eaten, we've distributed, we've gotten everything, and we have so much left over. What do we do? Where's it coming from? And the chief priest who was with him, he said, if you think this is a lot, you need to go see the barns. Our barns are not big enough to handle it. We don't have to build more barns to handle what's coming in. It's coming in from everywhere. You've not seen anything, King. God is pouring it out in unprecedented fashion. This is God's attitude towards it. Obviously, God wants you blessed. Mm, obviously. Because he gave you 100% of it. He just wants to know, can you and I be trusted in bringing back a tenth of it and recognizing and honoring that he's the giver of it all? I want you to understand something. You're not evil if you're not tithing. Yeah, actually, you are. If you're, uh, right. Scott, man, yeah, because you're I've under a curse. Uh -huh. I'm not throwing elbows. You're taking what's holy and you're holding it on. Yeah, that's for evil. Yourself. Pulling I guess the top not. rope on you? No, 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 no. This is something that we work out, right? We're we're dealing with this because I understand it's a lot. You make five hundred dollars a week, fifty dollars is a lot. Make a thousand dollars a week, hundred dollars is a lot. You make twenty grand a week. That's yeah, we also get it. We get it. Dollars is a lot. I don't care where you are in there. Ten percent is ten percent, and that's a lot. But we have to learn to begin to move towards him. But you're not evil if. If you're not tithing, here's the problem. You're just not experiencing everything that God wants you to have. Yeah. You're not experiencing Woo. the best of what he's got for you. And that's why I'm talking today. I, I want us to I want us to embrace all of the word. We I mean, this is such a glaring contradiction. Right. It says you're going to, the devourer is going to, you know, you right. won't have the umbrella of protection over right. you if you're not tithing. Of course. God's going to have his hands tied if you're not mm -hmm. tithing. But you're not evil. And you're taking something holy and you're holding it on to you're not holding evil. on to it, but you're not evil. It's you know, it's not a big deal. It doesn't matter. I don't want to make you feel guilty after I just made you feel guilty for, for 40 minutes. 30 minutes. We very rarely do we do we do a message actually on resources and how they This isn't about to money. Worship God so he can move in us. This is how this is how we respond to God. It's not but about it's money. It's a heart issue. It's God, here's my 
heart. Mm. Here's, I'm giving you resources which are my livelihood because I trust that you're the supplier of everything that I need anyway. So I'm bringing it to you and I'm honoring you. And the Bible says that when we trust God that way, he steps in, rebukes the devour, blesses our life, increases us, and we're scratching our head like, how did I get here? How did this happen? So I'm talking to everybody. So the passage about how you're going to get so much stuff you won't know what to do with it, you know, the barns are full. Wait till yeah. you see the other barns. Here's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 12. Um, and what's he talking about and who is he talking to? This is called the parable of the rich fool. Uh-huh. You know what? Somebody's going to get mad at me for using the NIV. So just to calm them down. Oh, now i got to find it again. I'm going to use the NIV. It's close enough. <laughs> um Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? <clears throat> then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. So what do you think, Monopoly Man? You didn't mention that verse. Uh, and he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take like life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be for whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. Of course, being rich toward God, he would use that part. Right. You better give God the 10%. Absolutely. Otherwise, he won't be able to protect you. His hands are tied. If you, if you, if you, good for you. Bring me some nuggets and bring your tithe to Jesus. That's all I got to say. All right. So that, that's a, that, that, that's an awesome thing. If, if you got a corporate America job, and you awesome, bring your tithe to Jesus. If you got birthday money, awesome. Bring a tithe of that birthday money to Jesus. Bring your birthday money? I mean, who is he talking to? I mean, who gets birthday money? Usually kids. Hey, kids. Grandma gave you 10 bucks. You better give me a buck. Hey, 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 hey. Jesus will be disappointed. Grandma might be a little upset, but Jesus will be more upset. Money, woo Bring some of that. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I tithe on everything. Cindy and I are meticulous. We tithe on everything that comes into How our great lives. I into our house. We, How great we've done it since I the beginning. Are. When I was growing up, I mowed lawns. I had a oh, little push lawnmower that I borrowed. I went and bought some gasoline that from with money that I borrowed from mom and dad. And I went out and I began to mow lawns in the trailer court that we lived in. I made $5 per yard. And once it added up, I had to pay the gas back. And then... I, I mowed lawn and I took my money and I bought record albums. <laughs> and I turned over the lawnmower. And then when I got back inside, Mama said, I was not a Christian. So just to make clear. How much money do you owe in your tithe? And I would sit down and begin to break it out because from a child I was taught this is what we tithe. Never stepped out of that except when I got to college. And now I'm working my way through college. And if I didn't work, I didn't eat, I had some problems in the house. And so I worked at a restaurant. The restaurant was called in Mama Joe's. Yes, it was. Mama Joe's restaurant was a house that was over 100 years old. And I waited tables and it was in, you ate in different rooms of the house. You just never wanted to work on Sundays because Christians don't tip. And you never wanted to... Uh-oh, 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 wow, that was gutsy, he's gutsy, what are we wow, gonna do now? what are you doing, I'm speeding this guy up, oh please, you should have done that a long time I ago, I know, I should have done that a long time ago, but he is talking really fast, so I don't know, that what. helps, <laughs> you know what, I'm not gonna, 
I'm not going to keep his pitch correct either. I'm going to make it. No, Jesus wants your heart. <laughs> you are not the seven fifty-five years old. There. Uh, oh, I lost my place. Well, I called her. Well, I checked on her. If she needed anything, oh, she could have called. Oh, that's the way in the beginning. I'm right there. I got back. No, no, no. Did you give her the thousand? The oh, this is yeah. really bad. No. It gets worse. Just a second. For a holy moment, we need to share some. This gets bad. Hey, uh, I forgot about how bad this is. Had a couple guys check on you. Yeah, I know. That was so sweet. When you see her, call yeah. and check on her. He goes forever to make this illustration. About money, because that's serious. Money. He's looking to advance your relationship and show himself off that I'm trustworthy even in your M-O-N-E-Y. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. See, this, this hits close to home. We start talking this stuff about money because that's serious. Yeah. He's not talking about money. No, it's not Finish about money. Analogy. Not money. No, he's going to go on for about four right, hours to do this analogy. In this yeah. I said, hey, come here, you got to talk. Um, I'm sorry, I talked over him. What did I he say? I'm going to be taken off for a couple of weeks, and I need you to make sure that Pastor said he's taken good care of. I need you to look in on her. Just, just, just check. But, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give each of you this, ten grand. They got the sad 10, music playing. <laughs> when you see her, call and check on her, but I need you to go by and see her over the next couple of weeks, see her at least one time. And when you see her, I want you to give her 1000 of this $10,000. She, she, she missed the whole message. She's already in another world right now. She's spending money to her head. Amazon.com right now. It's not about money. Give her a thousand each time you see her. When I get back, we'll talk. So he's it's not just, about getting things. It's, a, it's an illustration that she just pulled out of thin air. Yeah. And these, these guys basically... He's left his wife to go do something and he's saying, here's $10,000, give a thousand to my wife. To two guys. And all I want you to do is for... One week that I'm gone, you can keep nine, but give her one. It's, it's more than a week. I think it's a number of weeks. I forgot. But I you... don't know. And then he comes back, and the one says, yeah, I gave it to her. And the other one's like, no, I forgot. Got so you, what? Got you. I go away, do my thing. I come back, and I check with her. say, Cindy, everything good? Yeah. Hey, uh, these had a couple guys check on you. Yeah, I know. That was so sweet. Oh. <laughs> did, did, they, did, they, did they bless you with anything by any chance? Did they... Did they... Oh, yes, I got $1,000. You got what? Yeah, I got I got $1,000. That was so sweet. One of them gave me $1,000. Oh, and the other one didn't give you nothing? Oh, no, no, no. But I got 1000 Thank you. I. That's how we roll. That's right. Calling both of the brothers in. We got to talk here for just a second. For a holy moment, we need to share some words. Bro, when you saw my wife, what'd you do? Pastor, you, you said when you... Just check on her when I do. Give her a thousand. So I mean, you gave me ten thousand, so I gave her a thousand. Yeah, I, I said you didn't have no problem with that. You kidding me? I got to keep nine thousand dollars. All I had to do was just give her a thousand. I got to keep nine. That, that's a good deal for me. Okay. Yo, slick. How about you? Uh. Well, I called her. Well, I checked on her. If she needed anything, she could have called me. You know, I'm right there. I got your back. Did you give her the thousand? No. Wow. So. I gave you 10000 and all I asked you to do is give 10% to my wife, to my bride, to the one I love. Mm, wow. I asked you to give 10% to her, that and works. you withheld it. Okay. Can I remind you that Jesus calls the church his bride? Mm. And he says, I'm going to give you something this week called a blessing. But I thought the money went directly to Jesus. It didn't go to the church. Right. Oh, no big deal. He just contradicted himself Anytime completely. Anytime he wants. A paycheck. Opportunity. Check that. 
And as that increase hits your life, I'm giving you 100%. I'm going to ask you to stay faithful of bringing 10% back to the bride. Mm. And I want you to honor the bride. I gave you all of it. I'm just asking you to return that much. And when you do, it will reveal your heart. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. And you and I will step into a relationship and I will trust you with more. Next time it won't be 10. Next time it'll be 20. The next time it'll be 50. The next time it'll do be Do I hear 60, as, 70, as 80, 90? You know, stepping into a, a relationship, it sounds like this is becoming a Christian. Right. Committing to tithing is That's your... because you're stepping into a relationship You don't ask now. Jesus in your heart anymore. You ask Jesus to be your uh, mafia. Genie in the bottle. Mm -hmm. Continue to move in relationship. I'll know how I can keep dialing up my trust in you because you've proven faithful in the little. I'll make you ruler over much. Yeah. Woo! I'm getting a really nice car. I'm finished <laughs> with this. Here's what's exciting. It works at 14 and 15 years old like it works at 45 and 55 years old. Yeah. There is no age limit on this. I dare you teenagers. I dare you teenagers to lean into tithing and make it ordinary in your life that this is what I do. Yeah. Whatever comes in. It might seem insignificant to you. Someone give you five bucks and you bring him 50 cents. Like this ain't nothing. No, to God, it's holy. He saw that mm -hmm. and he was your heart leaning towards him. Yeah. God will begin to bless and elevate and upgrade. Ladies and gentlemen, this is about relationship with him. And when you do, that's the game changer for everything. Stand it's about elevation of yourself. Right. He keeps saying that, but then right. he says it's about your heart towards God. Right. I mean, it's so clear. He's saying you should want to be close to God because he'll give you a whole bunch of stuff. Right. And he'll protect you from bad stuff. Right. And it's a should, game changer. And you should want to it's do it. It's a game it. changer. <laughs> That's how we roll. That's how we roll. Stand to your feet. Come on, stand to your feet. <sighs> the tithe is not about your money. No. <laughs> That's why we get we, we, everybody pushes back on it. Oh, the church wants my money. No, Jesus wants your heart. You are not the supplier at Free Life Chapel. God is. That's well, then we, quit asking them. Just ask God for the money instead of pestering these poor people. They can enjoy our giving. There's no pressure on you. The pressure's all on Him. Which the pressure is all on them. I definitely. Just do God and honoring him. And God always does the rest. But God wants to bless your home. And he says, I'm limited to my word, therefore I'm handcuffed by it. Wow. It will either, the tithe will release wow. me or hey. it will limit me. Based on how you handle the tithe. God wants to bless. God is a giver. God is a answer. We're going to pray today. And maybe you're in a place where you say, you know what, Scott? I, I is this heresy? Okay, I get you. Is this guy a false teacher? You want more God? Yes, you do. You love his word? Of course. I forgot to turn the mics down until halfway through. Okay, we're done. We're done. Okay, remember to check out all the resources. We have all these recommended mm, yes, channels. I have a you. ton of playlists. So there's a lot of things that you can learn by just going through the playlist. Not just our videos, but other people, some of whom are friends of ours, other people yeah. that we just found and they're really good. Also, make sure to check out the Messed Up Church website. There's a lot of good resources there. I really want you guys to take advantage of all the things that are there. And we, we so appreciate you watching us and yes, caring about you. what we have to say. We appreciate that. But at the same time, I don't want you to care too much. Like, we're going right. to give you all the answers. You need to, you know, do your own reading. And obviously, the, the Word of God is the foundation of, one. of everything. Mm -hmm.
and we hope that this has been helpful. Um, if you're with us this long, this is a long one. This is really a long. He deserved one. it. You know what? <laughs> He's eating the carrot. And I'm glad we went through it because it got worse. Yeah, it did get worse. And um, yeah, this doesn't really get us in a good mood, but we love spending time together, and we love being able to goof around a little bit. A little bit. And we especially like to be able to be a benefit to all of you yep. and, and a help. And then when we're able to get to know some of you, that's pretty cool. I get to blow off some email, steam. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> email or when we do this live, or actually, what do we call it? A premiere. Mm -hmm. We're usually on the chat and we're talking to people, which is really fun. So um, it's really neat to hear everyone's comments and, and to hear where you've come from. And we appreciate your sharing that with us. Um, Very much. Yeah. You know, I want to bring up one uh, idea that I, I keep forgetting, and it's the idea of a messed up church get together. Uh -huh. We've brought it up a little bit over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And the big idea eventually is to have an actual conference. Mm -hmm. But I, I toyed with doing it this summer, and I changed my mind, and I want to do something where it'll be a much smaller scale, smaller group of people. And I talked to Daryl about being involved basically a question and answer get together time yeah it's just at our house and it'll be something that we're trying to figure out how do you do this in a way that it isn't weird kind of inviting strangers to your house um but we'll talk about that in the next video and uh it'll be something that, that will be on the messed up church when we finalize those plans we might be messed up <laughs> by the next video <laughs> but no I, I think it'll be really good because I, I when you were talking about the chat and there's yeah. There's so many of us, you know, we see yeah. the names and we kind of get to know each other. And I think it's very therapeutic. It is. It's really helpful. You know, the, and there's there's camaraderie and there's support. And, and sometimes, you don't feel all alone. Right. Because sometimes huge. you go to a church and nobody from that church has gone through what right. you have. And that's you what happened to us. Yes. And you don't have that many people to talk about sometimes. And so that's what we're trying to figure out. How can we help people do that and do some teaching at the same time? <laughs> Look at him. Yeah. How are you doing, Kiko? Anyway, we're done. Yep. Thanks again for everything, you guys. Thank you to our patrons. We really appreciate it. Very, we would very not much. be able to do this That's true. without that. that. God bless you all. I'm sorry I cut you off, honey. <laughs> Hear that? I wanted to say thank you. We love you. God bless you all. Appreciate your prayers. Good night. If you if you if you if you if you Hey! Hey! Oh! Hey!